Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It is Thursday, and that means that we here at Waypoint are back to nerd out and deep dive on the culture, art, and entertainment that has been inspiring and provoking us lately. Today, we are continuing our ongoing conversation, kind of restarting it, about Neon Genesis Evangelion, the Gainax produced in Hideki Anno uh, helmed mecha anime that originally ran from 1995 to 1996 and became uh, recently available to watch again in the West on Netflix as of last Friday, is that yes. right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Joining me today, those are the voices of Daniel Riendo. Hi, hello. Cato, Ricardo hey. Contreras. Hi. We'll never say your full name. That's true. And Somebody on Twitter was just like, oh, that's who that byline yeah, is. <laughs> yeah, totally. Good. Patrick Klepik. Two seconds before this podcast started, Rob sent me a private message in Uh-oh. which a tweet that is just... Visiting my grandma in Wisconsin, and I open up the local paper with a 1 to 14 um, ranking of different ranch dressings. Great. Cowgirl ranch. Look, I'm feeling that Midwestern nostalgia. I miss my people. <laughs> I miss their ways. You just got to make some time. You just got to give yourself some time to go back. Tell me Cowgirl Ranch is on there. Is Cowgirl Ranch on there? Uh, number, I can't see the full list. To be, mm, Turn off your ad blocker. Hidden Valley is number one. Oh, I don't is it know, craft classic number two. Yeah, oh, it's brand. Bra- oh, okay. What did you think it was? I, like different styles of ranch dressing. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Which one did you say? Cowgirl ranch. It's What's like Annie's, Annie's cowgirl. Annie's cowgirl. Yeah, yeah. No, thirteen. Thirteen. Wow. Ta- <laughs> tasters, tasters hated the consistency, saying it was too watery and looked quote oddly gray, drab, and sad. Oh my <laughs> it smelled god! Like it smelled like feet. Or sweat and tasted like uh. bad cheese with a powdery aftertaste. They wow. said, quote, I couldn't taste it again, one wrote. <laughs> they didn't mean they wouldn't want to. They meant those buds are gone. They can't. Wow. What the Damn. fuck? I think Danielle, 80s cowgirl is pretty good. I've never seen anyone set themselves Look, up. It's waypoint. You can like feet, Danielle. No one's going to judge no how judge. that expresses itself. Or sweat. I feel welcome. Also joining us, Rob Zachney is here. Hi, Rob. Do you have any lists? Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> glad, glad to hear from you, Rob. So, to get us back on track a little bit, back in November, we watched the first two episodes of, of Ava uh, right after Netflix announced that they would be bringing it over. 
Um, we then didn't watch the rest of it, but we promised that we would come back and do a rewatch uh, this summer. We knew at the time that we wanted to continue building up, be good and rewatch it. Uh, instead, we're doing it here in the Waypoints feed. So goes life. Uh, just like those Ava pilots, sometimes you have to learn how to adapt and change as a bureaucracy around you uh, throws uh, new, new obstacles in your way. Yeah, budgets <laughs> Budgets happen, change, yeah. You know? it, yep, absolutely. So... Uh, today we are going to talk about the kind of the third through seventh episodes, but I do want to quickly check back in. Did, did people watch the first and two first two episodes again? I'm yes. getting nods from around the room. Patrick is just kind of yeah, blinking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, um, no, I did. I, yeah, I, I, I shot, I shot kind of se- seven fucking episodes of this show this morning. This morning, <laughs> totally, totally. Uh, and for those of you who watched it, except for Kato and I, this is the first time you're watching the show. So I guess, I guess one and two is the first time you, you've, you're rewatching those episodes, yes. but. Any any changes in watching it again, revisiting those first two episodes? I don't want to you know do a deep dive on those episodes again because we already have we've bitten off a fucking lot to, uh, for three through seven. But any any first impressions or, or differences in, in appreciation? I actually noticed, and I felt like in like a baby anime fan. Mm-hmm. I actually noticed translation differences. Yeah, like, like what? I actually noticed. So I, I believe in the episodes that we saw, yeah. there was something that stuck in my mind when Shinji first goes into. Uh, Unit 01. Is it 01 or just 1? You know, unit 1 is fine. Unit 1. Okay. When he first goes yeah. into 1, he says something like, I'm nauseated and uh, Captain, sorry, her Wh- name. Which one? Misato? Or, yes. or Ritsuko? Yeah, Misato. Yeah. Okay, Misato. Yeah, 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 I yeah. want to make sure I'm not yep, pronouncing it. it incorrectly. says, you're a boy. Like, she says something like, suck it up, you're a boy. Okay. But in this translation, he says, this is gross. He doesn't say anything about being nauseated. Mm. And she says, you're a big boy. Oh. Instead of like you're a boy, right? Like, like, come on, you're grown up. You're, like, you're a, a big, yeah. you're a big boy. Exactly. Not, not. Yeah, you're you're a boy. masculine, therefore, right? That's right. interesting. Yeah. Mm. This translation is going to be a thing that I think a lot of our listeners, uh, listeners who already seen the show before sure. and are returning to it, have had lots of conversations already about this translation. Um, I will say that it is a, a really tricky and weird topic because localization is always a, a, a topic that I think draws a lot of attention, and there are a lot of st- high stakes with it. Um, I will say so far through the episodes we've watched, I've been pretty okay with the, with the localization with a couple of, uh, uh, caveats there, um, that seem to be about the translator choosing to lean in the direction of literalization. Hmm. One of the ones that comes up in those first two episodes also is that Shinji gets called the second, the second children, right? Instead of the second child. Uh, whereas in the original 90s dub, he's called the second child. That like the ADV. Wait, third, isn't he? Third. No, isn't. No. Mm. Is he second or Yeah, because isn't one of the episodes they mentioned, have we found the fourth one? Yeah, okay. Right? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, the, the, in the original Japanese, it is the English word children. And that is why it's being brought over here as children. Um, like, he is called the third children in Japanese, but the the um, original ADV 90s uh, translation was like, no, that's ridiculous. And they convinced the original production company, like, let us say child. Huh. It will be way more evocative if the listener isn't taken out of it uh, when they say that. And so like, that sort of literalization can be a little tricky. I think you also see that with the way they pronounce nerve, yes. which is... Nerve. 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 nerve, sometimes nerve. I sometimes I, nerve. Sometimes it felt. Sometimes it feels like nerve. Or I couldn't tell. My brain was just like <laughs> inserting that because yes. no, you're wrong. 
I can see. I can see the. Make what out. are you doing? <laughs> Make out. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes, honestly, if yes. So my understanding is that it is it is a German pronunciation, which I'm yeah. not going to get into. Okay. For me, yeah. For me, sure. the Real question is just like as a dub, is this is this working for y'all who are watching it dubbed? Oh. At all, like it's do the voices sound good? There's new there's new voices. Like, are you brought in? Or is it too goofy? Or like, what is your impression of just these characters speaking in English? If you're, if you are watching the dub, I watched a little uh, bit of both. I am because, okay. yeah, yeah, I, I watched the dub the first time around, and people had said actually the dub on Ava it was is pretty like originally in the like the the original series that we watched the dub was like decent enough that like you're not going to be taken out of the story. So I was like, all right, well, I'll just do that the second time around. And also, I was curious because they had redubbed it, and so it just seemed like it might be an interesting way to experience the story. And I mean. As someone that doesn't have a huge amount of experience with dubs, I'll say it doesn't seem to be taking me out. And, like, there's a particular scream that happens mm-hmm. a couple episodes in that I yeah. found to be, like, really frightening and in the way that, fucking love that scene so seems much. to have been going for. And, like, a, I was, like, trying to write a note about it and found myself unable to finish the note. Um, because I found the scream to be just so blood curdling um, that I had to just, like, pay attention to what was happening on screen. So, I like, if they're pulling that stuff off, then as someone that has like a very little baseline to like really say much about dubs and how effective uh, or, or ineffective they can be like stuff like that is hitting. And it's like, if it's hitting those high notes, then I, I guess I feel pretty good about it uh, so far. Yeah. How about you, Danny? I think the I watched, thing oh, that, sorry. Go ahead. No, go for it. I, I was just going to briefly mention, I watched the first seven subbed and then I watched uh, six and seven uh, again dubbed because okay. I wanted to do some grading, but I also kind of just wanted to get a sense of the flavor of what the dub was like yeah. and all sorts of things. The only thing I really noticed was just that it appears to me that the subtitles are exactly the same in the... Okay. okay. How, do I, how do I put this? The yeah, subtitles, yeah. the English subtitles are exactly the same in both, even though the dubbed is dialogue yes. is very... The not, English, not wildly different, but well, definitely some, there different. There are some differences, yeah. yeah. So like the, the, the subtitle, when you have Japanese audio track on and you have, and you have English subtitles on, that is the only subtitle track. Yeah, gotcha. The subtitle track doesn't turn into captions one English, to match yeah, the yeah, English yeah. voicing. That's a thing that happens in localization. Totally. The game Judgment that just came out from the Yakuza team localized the game twice, once for subtitles and once for spoken dialogue. Wow. Yeah. Um, and explicitly said, like, it's different because with English, when you're listening to your native language or to a language you understand, you can hear inflection and tone and there are certain jokes that land that don't land in writing and vice versa. So that doesn't bug me too much. Oh, it but didn't bug me. I just found it interesting. Someone like actually, I, someone actually yeah. messaged me on Twitter today and yeah. was like, why would the, why would, because I posted a clip and they were like, why would the dub be different than the subtitles? Well, sometimes timing is often different and like totally. it just feels different. So. So, um, I will. I noticed. Like, I had the, the subtitles are on by default. Yeah. Uh, when you load up Ava in, in Netflix, and just as someone that often keeps subtitles, like I'm so used to it in yeah. games that sometimes I just leave, you know, captions on and sometimes mm-hmm. like on just by default. The fact that they didn't match up, I was like, oh fuck this! Like, <laughs> I'm not. I am not going to be able to handle this. I have to just pick one path or the other. It's either yeah. Japanese voices and the subtitles. Or it's 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 the English dub and no subtitles because like I I understand like the explanation for why that like gap totally. exists, but like there's just no way I'm gonna be able to like stay immersed in the story like when I notice like a whole line is missing mm-hmm. or like a couple of words. Yeah, yeah, totally. For me, the worst part part of that is there's an episode that we'll get to today that has lots of on screen text, yes. and much of it is just not translated at all, yeah. and that feels like a huge misstep. Rob, you were gonna add something here too, though. 
Yeah, I think the thing that jumped out at me watching the first two episodes again is how daring and almost indifferent to your expectations and desires the show seems. And what hit me way harder this time around is how bold that cut is from the start of the first battle where Shinji's in the uh, EVA mm-hmm. and then the cut to him being in the hospital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it lets us sit with that. We we have gone from this like uh, peak emotional tension moment in the series to we've gone plummeting into this like emotionally flat, desaturated, almost like void space yeah. in the story. And the show actually goes pretty far without letting you know what the hell happened. You yeah. see the effects of it. Yeah. You see people cleaning up after the battle. You hear discussions alluding to what has happened. You're not entirely sure. Uh, it, it it barely seems like Shinji's in reality uh, when you when you see that sequence. Like it almost feels like the 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 cut has taken you into a dream state as he comes out of it and the 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 strange things he's fixating on. The comment about the unfamiliar ceiling. Um, and I think, like, that sort of set me up maybe better for what this series seems to be doing, at least in these first seven episodes, which is that a lot of shows I watch, if they are telling war stories, uh, tend to get really involved in sort of telling that action linearly and clearly. Yeah. Uh, we, we, you know, we, we talk about the, you set up the geography of the battle and what is happening and you're sort of invited. Legend of Galactic Heroes is a useful example here. That is a show that is constantly trying to let you know, like it takes the form of a history book. That is yeah. what that series is about. It is always trying to tell you, here is the context for what is happening. Here's what it means. The fact they throw that cut in right there this time feels like kind of a loud declaration that this show isn't about that. Like, if you are here to see, boy, I wonder how these, uh, you know, EVA pilots are going to take down this, you know, giant kaiju thing. Uh, that's not what the show is about. What it is about with that cut is emotional texture. That this is a series that is going to be about lived experience more than it is about plot. I think at least at least in these early episodes that where the where things are positioned like that stuff really matters they will get into it but predominantly you're supposed to inhabit the same disoriented uh uncertain terrain I think that the characters are themselves dealing with and I found that just a really bold choice that is echoed in these in, in episodes down the line here yeah totally uh, before we move on from these first two and just the general first impressions, Kato, you like me, you're coming back to this mm-hmm. show. I'm curious if if on first blush you were like, here's my thing again, or was there any sort of distance added because of the I mean, when was the last time you watched the show? Uh <laughs> I'm trying to remember. <laughs> More or less than the dark five times. years. Uh probably right around there. Probably okay. like six years ago or something like that. Um so more recently than like when I was a child, child, yeah. but um, yeah, this is it's interesting because I the first time around I um watched it as a child in my home and I like barely remember any remembered any of the details to when I watched it um a little more recently uh with my wife and um 
I felt like even then, even though like five years ago it doesn't seem like that long ago in the in the scheme of things, I definitely feel like I ended up watching it more like watching for her reaction because it was the first time I was like showing a you know like when you show someone a new thing and you're like are half watching the thing because you already kind of know the beats yeah but so this on this watch um I'm just watching it on my own and I'm like really noticing more and more um how what I feel like is the really big like the 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 one of the greatest strengths of this series is is in its um i for lack of a better term filmmaking yeah, like yeah, in oh, the yeah. no, shot composition in yeah. the editing the pacing is has been like even more like i've been appreciating it a lot more this time around um just because of the way i'm i've been watching it um so it is it is and again we'll get to some of these moments but there are moments when watching these episodes because i also just watched all first seven where i was like oh wow this was so foundational to a certain sense of pacing that i really like a certain sense of visual storytelling that i really like um obviously a lot of what it's doing is done elsewhere in filmmaking um like it's not sure but but this was the vector by which i learned a lot of those lessons and it does it well and it does it well even if it's not completely original in any way like it's it's using those tools super well and in a way that um sometimes i can watch dubbed anime and like do something else Mm -hmm. if there's a dub going on but like um, I can't with this, so I just watch the subs anyway. It's yeah. <laughs> like I'm not even gonna bother because it's like, <laughs> um, I I need subtitles on as to like the thing that we were that we were saying before. Like, I so the 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 disconnect between English and the subtitles was really messing me. So it's like, <laughs> did Japanese with the subtitles, but like it's it's been the only way I can watch this just because it is so, um. Even though there's a lot of slow, like a, the, a lot of long shots, a lot of slow shots, it really wants you to sit in that. Yeah. And like, like turning away or like not like paying half attention to this really does a disservice to yes. like the way that the story is, to, story is being told. Yeah. Like it wants you to sit and watch a 10 second sequence where nothing happens and to like sit with that. Yeah. And, and to understand that it's cares. about the interiority yeah. of, of what the characters are going yeah, through, right. not just, yeah. Um, I will say really quick before we move on to the rest of the stuff that like, I absolutely have been following the discourse and discussion around the translation, around some other stuff. Uh, I mean, we'll probably talk about the end song today at some point. Mm. Um, but but we will get into the larger conversation that happened around a certain character and their dialogue when we when we reach him. Um, he's not in. He will not be in our show for another two three weeks. So we'll get there when we <laughs> yeah. get there. Yeah. Um, I will. I will also say I understand there's larger conversation about the translator himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that translation is, I understand why it's such a heated d- debate. And also like, I, I do feel some sort of way about that dude. And we'll, I think we'll save that conversation for that bigger conversation around the character who, who, if you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, don't worry about it. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get, get there, there and I'll kind of explain why it's such if a, if you do know, thing. wait, yeah, we'll, we'll, we, will, we will get there and get into the larger conversation <laughs> there. Yeah. Um, and, and a larger conversation I think is worth having about translation. Like why do yeah. people care so deeply? I think, you know, that'll be a fun one. So. Episodes uh, one. I, is, well, oh, I just wanted to, one. Just building on on your last point. As someone that um, was on vacation for like five <laughs> days when yeah. all this happened, and then was deliberately ignoring my phone. But then there'd be moments where it's like one of the tricks to get my daughter to go to sleep is that I say, "Hey, I'll lay down with you," and then I just turn my back to her, mm. and then I pretend I'm asleep. And so then I like Aww. try and tuck my phone under because sometimes this can take like 
at home, I can just shut the door and she understands that's her room. But like we're on vacation and she's like, no, you're going to lay here with me. I'm like, okay. So I just turn over and I tuck the phone under and I look at stuff. And that's like the one time that like I'm tapping into what's happening in the outside world. And uh, I, I was like, okay, I know the Ava discourse is happening. It is hot. It is heated. I couldn't. T- I couldn't open the timeline without my hand being burned by the <laughs> the hot flames <laughs> of people's thoughts on Ava. People revisiting Ava. People new to Ava. Uh-huh. The people new to Ava responding to the people revisit. It was just. Whew, it's out there. It's out there. <laughs> yeah. And like the last one I saw was of someone just, just so just like. They changed the end and I'm not doing the, I'm doing a little mock. They changed the end song and they fully undermined everything that the show represents. And I was like, the fuck is going on? Clicked it, and it's the co-screenwriter of the movie Mandy. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. It on, is out there. Aaron Sorrow wrote like a 3,000 word piece about Ava over at Polygon that I'm not recommending to anyone on this podcast because it's spoiler filled. Staying away. Yeah. And I know Rob, you don't care about spoilers, but for my sake, I would love it. If you could just hold off, because I want, I want, I, I am want. happy to indulge. Look, people have preferences. <laughs> right. If I try to respect those preferences, like I don't think it makes you a bad person that you want to sort of have this experiment. But I do think if one of us <laughs> did encounter the idea uh, of watching a narrative thing from start to finish, <laughs> experimental. What a bold, what a bold, what a bold <laughs> idea to experience no. a thing oh, the no. creator intended. <laughs> no. In a hermetically sealed oh, like yeah. discourse bubble that Austin has constructed yeah, for I us, sent you all despite words this being to in the I'm... cultural mainstream right now, yeah. <laughs> like, but but I just I just think that if one of us did, for instance, read a great deal of wikis and perhaps discover oh more about. Evangelion than they should have uh, known going into this. Uh-huh. I don't think the experience is contaminated by that. Uh, I think that okay, one it, could uh, still get a lot of fulfillment uh, from watching In this. Rob's defense, what I will say is he is having the experience that like 70% of Ava oh, fans have, sure. which is like, like for me growing up, it was like, here's this thing I can't afford because it's $30 a DVD and each DVD has three or four episodes oh, on it max. Yeah. And so like, fuck it, I'm going to go on message boards and read about what is actually going on. That is cheap. And when I can afford those DVDs, I will. <laughs> and the answer was over like five years of buying them once every few months at a Sam Goody from when I was in high school through when I finished college. Damn. It took me years to actually buy that fucking show. And also like my interest. Or until the internet existed and then right. you find a way to Boom. slowly download yes. Or you got really lucky and they were in the local library. Oh, oh wow. Shit. Yeah, the whole box oh. the, the platinum block box Shout out set. to the librarian who took care of you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. 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 Like, I got a fucking nerd here. We're going to get that Ava in. Um, so, so we will get back to the, dis- to the discourse from this past week. I will say I'm super excited for the next sets of waves to hit because I think as people get to watch the show, I mean, I'll say this about translation in general and about, about works in general, especially works of this size. I think that they take sitting with and analysis to actually engage with. People have asked me already, like, what do you think about the dub? What do you think about the new translation? Is it good? Like, I've watched seven episodes. I, at the time, I'd watched two when people were asking me. Mm-hmm. How could I know? How could I? How could I? And also, what does it mean to be a good translation? Not that there are not good translations. I right. have preferred translations. I have like there are works that have I've read multiple translations of and I go, oh, that's the fucking one I want or even that's the translator I want working with that person because they pull the right stuff out. Um, but that comes from experience with sitting with the actual work. And so 
and also because I I believe in my heart of hearts that we will get another Ava translation one day in our lives because of because of licensing because of a different company doing it who the fuck knows like I I I resist at all instances the urge to believe that something I don't like is apocalyptic and so and so while I will absolutely by the end of this weigh in on whether or not I think the translation works and while throughout it I will definitely weigh in on like what I think about the performances some of which I've actually been really really enjoying um, I am cautious about like final presentation, which which is like what that first, which is what you you kind of jump to as an old fan whenever a new interpretation hits. So I'm really excited for new fans to start weighing in about just like what happened in the show, what do they think <laughs> of characters and plot lines and mm. sequences, and I think that stuff will start to come out over the next couple of weeks. So episodes one and two behind us, we have the basic gist of the show. Uh, we have Kato was looking at me like we should take a break. No, 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 no. Oh, we're good, okay. we're good. Okay. I was just checking what the time was, okay. so okay. I knew. <laughs> Episodes one and two behind us. We know at this point Ava's exist. They fight things called angels. Shinji is scared. And coming into episode three, we get a little extra exposition, right? Um, I'm not going to do a complete scene by scene beat down or breakdown because we would be here for the rest of our lives. Um, but high level, <laughs> that's not what we do here. No, never. <laughs> High level, uh, episodes three and four are fundamentally about whether or not Shinji wants to stay here, whether or not Shinji wants to leave. This is a recurring theme already in the show. Uh, and why sorry, Shinji has to go to school. Why Shinji has to go to school. But uh, but Shinji, as, as someone who is dissociating from yes. the responsibility of piloting the Ava um, and also of school life, of, of like life in Tokyo 3, the city where the show takes place. Uh, we specifically open on some more like world building rules and details. And I love it when a show or a movie is like, all right, here's what you fucking need to know. We're going to get some technicians in a room and they're going to say some techno babble, but enough of it's going to be comprehensible for you to get the <laughs> rules down. One, Ava's need to be plugged into a wall. <laughs> Ava's have, have extension cords. If they get unplugged, they have five. They have one minute of full power, oh, or right. five minutes of uh, low gain uh, effort, right? Um, and I love that stuff, and I love how it's presented as Shinji being told it by Misato and being like, "Yeah, I get it. I, yeah, I'm like the dry, dirty work of like learning how to work this this Ava he has is a little workbook. Yeah, just and so- it's." It's, so much. it's yes. so boring. Like he's clearly just <laughs> not interested in it on top of it having been a, tra- a traumatic experience for him. Um, and then, yeah, we do get him, Danielle, starting to go to school. We kind of get like he has a full classroom, but it does the thing that shows do. Where it's like those are the three important ones. All the other kids, <laughs> fuck them. Um, and the three kids who kind of show up as like stand it's out. It's not full. There are, I, they explicitly say like, oh, people are moving away. But yeah. there are like 20 other kids in that classroom, Kato. That classroom is full during the thing yeah, about all yeah. the people huddled around him when they learn that he's an Ava pilot. That's true. There's like 10 of them. Yeah. Plus, other, there's, it's, a, it's a filled classroom. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yes, people are leaving, but it is not four or five people like you might think it might be. Right. Um, it's uh, Kensuke Ida, who is like a nerd, who is like, we see him later in another episode. Military history nerd. Military history nerd. <laughs> young, young Rob uh, <laughs> wants to see. His official name. Wants to see the robots fighting, <laughs> wants to play like guerrilla warfare in, in the in the reeds uh toji suzahara who uh is like a jock greaser jock greaser jock yeah i'd say greaser jock um whose sister got injured in the in the fight um when a building collapsed which yikes Mm -hmm. um and who holds that against shinji and then hikari uh, haraki who is like the class president (laughs) and is like 
everyone respect our teacher who has completely checked the fuck out. <laughs> um, that teacher is great. I love that teacher so much. Yep. She's going to keep talking. Rob, you look like you had a, a thing you want to say nope. here. No? Okay. Um, I, well, I will say I, one of my favorite sequences right in that little introduction bit is the uh, the way it presents a bit of exposition and world building about the, the second impact yes. or what we know of it so far, which is um, brilliantly just panning over this classroom of bore, <laughs> students bored out of their fucking mind as the teacher is revealing fundamental, <laughs> what at least we know at the time in that episode, yep. truths about what happened, which is that there was a meteor that immediately melted the ice caps and whoops, like the world went <laughs> into uh, a bad place. 50% of the population died. All economies like just crumbled and there's everyone's just giggling and like sharing notes. Uh-huh. Um, it was just like a really interesting way to, to uh, convey uh, something that's like really true, right? Like I think there are all sorts of things in class that lots of us like – we're being told about horrible atrocities and you're more worried about if like that person around the corner has a crush on you yep. and that just goes <laughs> over your head. Now, granted, this is something that happened 15 years ago. It's not like learning about the Civil War or something that is like so far removed that like your your emotional context. But it's like if the extinction um, like, of the so- dinosaurs happened 15 years <laughs> yeah, ago right? or something, right? Yeah. It's the level of event but that so, is so, so like- world-shaking <laughs> that I feel like it's right. past even like an individual history lesson. But importantly, lesson. none of these kids remember the world before. We're alive. Right. Yes. right. They're 14. Because they're 14, is right? Is this more of like yeah. a 9-11? I know it's not cataclysmic on the same level, but like for Americans, it's almost like, yeah, kids now wouldn't have been born at the time. At, right. At the time of yeah, totally. I mean, th- I think everyone has those things, right? Yeah. Like for, for us, World War II, Vietnam, like all, there are all sorts of like, I, I just liked how something that every generation has experienced at one point or another, and then the way it just conveys that like very cleverly, mm-hmm. um, both on an emotional level and then also giving like a little bit of world building that's like, oh, okay, this is why X, Y, Z. And it, it's just doing both those things at once while also looking beautifully shot. And it's just like, you know, I think a really good example of like how the show is often operating on multiple levels uh, in a way that it constantly returns to. Yeah. Yeah. Briefly, if I may, on that very point, I think that really underscores the thing I like the most about the show. And we can talk about it later, but I just want to say like that's a really perfect example of how this show feels like, oh, in a slow motion, horrifying apocalypse, <laughs> people are still going to try to live their lives yes. and kids will still be kids, even yes. if they are fucked up by the trauma, like they will still be. A 15 year old. Right. She's 15. Oh, Susie's dead this week. Ah. Mm. Well. Right. I mean, it's very <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's messed up, but it like feels emotionally resonant in that way. Yeah, so. totally. Yeah. Um, I should note, actually, I, I kind of glossed over one thing, which is early when Shinji is learning all that stuff, this is where we get introduced to what ends up being a pretty core concept to Ava and the way people talk about Ava, which is the hedgehog's dilemma. Um, early on, it's clear that Shinji is dissociating, that he's not like checked in, that he is not. Like he's responding to stuff, but uh, I believe it's I believe it's Misato who says it. Um, he's the kind of person who does whatever he's told. That's how he makes his life easier. Uh, and then kind of talking about whether or not he's going to be able to make friends. Um, uh, one of the two, and now I am forgetting if it's Mis- if it's Misato or, Rit- or Ritsuko. Maybe it's Ritsuko who says it. Um, right. Introduces this idea of a uh, hedgehog's dilemma, which right. which is a Freudian concept, not a major Freudian concept, but one of many Freudian concepts that will show up in the course of this show. Uh, we are about we are not that far away from him fighting a big dick. Uh, so <laughs> get ready to bust out your psychoanalysis, friends. Um, hedgehogs 
it is said, have a hard time sharing warmth in the winter because of the spines. The closer that they get to each other, the more they hurt each other. Um, and quote unquote, it can be the same with people. Uh, and Shinji at this point, uh, they, they theorize, is too afraid of hurting people to close that distance. And also too afraid of being hurt, right? Obviously. Yeah. Um, but he has to put those feelings aside because that big dick I talked about before shows up, <laughs> a big purple worm. Yep. Um, the the latest angel to come attack Tokyo 3. Um, again, they try conventional firepower. I don't know why. I At this no point, <laughs> is this the episode where they like explicitly say I love wasting taxpayer money? No, the, the, it, is such a, it, is, uh, it is such a waste of taxpayer money. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but I don't remember if it was this fight or a future one. I think it's this one. I, I think, think you're totally one. right. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the the Ava gets dispatched, um, and and Shinji uh, launches in it. Um, and meanwhile, his his new classmates uh, Kensuke and Toji sneak out of the shelter. Whenever an angel attacks, Tokyo Three drops down below what is called the Geo Front, which is like an important world building concept. It's just like a big. It's like a series of shields. Um, it's like a, how do I want to describe it? There's another city underneath. There's layers of steel plating. Yes. Between the surface and a uh, where the city surface. can retract to. Yes. Yeah, so basically, you know, in Die Hard, when they're drilling through into the safe in Nakatomi Plaza, yes. uh, basically now, like, when the, when the angels attack, the entire city goes into the vault, and to access it, you have to penetrate multiple layers of, like, Earth's crust and uh, armor. Right. I have a qu- I have a question with the world state at this point because yeah. it's discussed, but I was trying to pull it apart, which is that like there are multiple references to the government covering things up. Yeah. So I was trying to extrapolate: is it that so? It's been 15 years since the last angel attack, right? Yes. And well, since, um, since no, since well, and then th- and then this one is three weeks be- between the the most recent one. Yeah. Um, right. But in the, is the cover up? They're covering up that the angels have returned. Period. And somehow people just don't know there are. Monsters stomping yeah. around. Yes. Like I was trying to figure out, like, what are they covering? I was like, all right, because I, I was having trouble buying that, that part. Yeah. It's like, ah, just no one snapped a photo of that fucking uh, monster just stomping around. But I, I, I was trying to make clear if that was the implication. It's, I was like, people know there are robot tests. They just don't know the angels have returned. Yeah, like it. Okay. They show that the like there's a media blackout, right? And it's where like it feels like because they say like fifty percent of the population got knocked out, like. There's right. a there's a few like a, a small enough number of people that they can more easily control that than would right. you would think would happen like nowadays. But like, yeah, it's just like I also get the impression that there is that it's a company town. Um, right. That to be in Tokyo three specifically because so old Tokyo still so there is Tokyo. There's old Tokyo which bad. Right. Uh-oh. That got that got destroyed. Where, yeah. <laughs> okay. Tokyo two is the current actual capital of Japan. Tokyo 3 is where Nerve is headquartered. And I get the impression that Nerve is sort of a government town in some ways. Right, right. That, like, to be there is to work for the company, is to work for, not the company. Like, where they went Nerve. to go develop a nuke or something. Like, yeah, hey, yeah, we're yeah. way off the grid. Exactly. Like, we're, we're off on our own. And that if they're able to contain it to some degree, or at least not strain credibility for the show, is that, well... The angels are coming to attack them there anyway. Right. So they like sort of avoid being in the airspace of other parts that would 
find them. But right. There's some kids that live. I guess because it's like families. Of I, the... I think that the children, okay. theoretically, of the people working there. Can right? I can I bring up a point I've had trouble with yes. that it relates to this? Absolutely. Shinji, where where exactly was he living before, and did he have like great a question? I also wrote that like, down. Like, was he living with a parent or <laughs> no, like he a was, family? He was or... living alone. Okay. Right? Kado. He says, "I'm used I'm to, to I'm says, used to yeah. being alone." Okay. But I think this, there's some deep lore shit where he was with like a relative who was just never around or something. Okay. That makes sense. Like some sort of like, yeah, technically I'm the ward of whomever, but but he's, he's just basically used raising and he's himself. Him Tokyo yeah. too. Originally, I don't think we know. I don't. Yeah, okay, I, we don't he's have somewhere else in Japan. He's in yeah. another place in Japan. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we get a specific. I don't think we do. Not a problem. Um, just was curious. Uh, but he's not. I'm with you, Danielle. I kept I kept marking <laughs> yeah. down episode episode. Like, like at some point we're gonna talk about. Like, what the fuck he was doing? Right. I mean, I understand because episode more, one picks up just like, yeah. boom, we're jumping in. Right. Uh, we will okay. definitely get more Shinji backstory. Okay. Yeah, and like, cool. for sure. what's up with his family? Like, 100%, I promise. Sounds great. Um, The, where was I? Where was I? Or other, other, or any other like big picture questions about <laughs> Tokyo 3, about the Geofront, <laughs> about anything? It's, I'm not sure we can just keep doing that, Austin. I think we got to cut it off there. Okay, you're <laughs> another one. So, well, speaking of cutting things off. Uh, the Ava begins to fight uh, yes. the angel, whose name is Shamsel, but I don't think that's written anywhere in the show. I just know it because I have a list of all I the angels. I believe in there's like a shot somewhere. Of like a computer? Of a computer or like a, a camera that has like a name thrown up on it or yeah. something. Okay. Um, but yeah. There are, I forget uh, what the naming convention was. I think they're, I mean, it's all biblical in some way or another, but I forget if they're all specific angels that were mentioned or like sp- other so Other types of religious, like religious, Christian Christian yeah. mythology type stuff. Yeah, yeah, good question. I don't remember off the top of my head. Me I haven't looked it up. <laughs> it is a big floating worm with a fluted head that has like weird laser tentacles yes. that it can fl- like fling out. And one of those in the fight. So Shinji is supposed to be practice starts this, the episode practicing shooting, and finally he's gonna just aim, you know, center mass, pull the trigger, <laughs> and he immediately he immediately fails to do that and kicks up a bunch of dust and makes it impossible to track the thing. And in the ensuing melee, it cuts off the umbilical cord. It cuts off the the energy cable to the Ava, which means that the Ava is uh, going to be running out of juice. And also, in this particular moment, uh, this is double trouble because Kenji and Toji have snuck. Oh, not Kenji. Uh, Kensuke and Toji have snuck out of the the bunker. I think there shouldn't be a way to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna put it out there. Yeah, you you cannot have a place that teenagers can. You cannot. <laughs> you know what is happening. Um, they sneak out to take footage, which good on them. I'm gonna do right. this also. Press. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I believe vice reports on the problem. I can't believe Kensuke said in footage of an Ava angel fight to Danielle to, to put <laughs> on vice report. I put it on. Uh, you better. Need to know. You need to promise me right now that if a kid sends in footage of a giant robot fighting a monster, you put it on vice report. I will. Uh, I believe in you. <laughs> you know I will. Um, and so they are now in threat because they have climbed up, and also because because. Shinji's piloting has kind of brought them close, brought brought the fight close to them, uh, and he gets the call, and Misato is like, "All right, you <laughs> come on back. We can give this another try." And uh, before he, before he agrees to do that, he recognizes that he is these two classmates who are in trouble, um, and like shields them. Uh, they get ordered by by Misato when Misato sees sees them. She who is she is. 
She's like babysitter, yep. like mm. uh, uh, commander, co- com- roommate, and commander. Right? She's yes. operations lead or something for Nerve, uh, and she like comes over the loudspeaker and is like, "Get in the get in the cockpit, basically." Yeah. Um, and they finally do they do that first or is yeah they do that first yeah they're like what is up with this liquid <laughs> and then Shinji gets up and fucking instead of returning home. To keep him safe, pulls out the uh, ultrasonic knife. Is that what it is? No, it's called something else. Uh, vibration? No. Or I forget. <sighs> wow. Progressive knife. Progressive. Oh, Jesus. Um, progressive. <laughs> progressive no, pro- knife. Hmm. Vibration is what uh, what Shinji says when people are asking him in the- Right. Right. In the classroom earlier there. They yeah. the, pro- the progressive knife is going to be a new four-point plan that Elizabeth Warren <laughs> unveiled the Democratic yes. debate tonight. Of course. Can't wait. Um, and charges into into Shamsel, the angel, and stabs it into the core and pushes through and it breaks. And uh, then we kind of end on Kensuke and Toji being like- See, you should you should apologize because another thing we skipped over is uh, Toji punched Shinji a bunch, beat the yes. shit out of Shinji before the angel attack because of his sister being hurt. And because Toji was like, you got to do a better job. You got to like, hey, fuck off. You hurt Don't my sister. Don't kill people. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, totally decent episode, right? Like no. we're still getting in the swing of things here. Any other big thoughts about episode three before we move on? Mm. All right. Well, well, that scream is at the end of episode oh, three, right? It no, is four. that scream. Is it that scream? No, it's three. No. Yeah, three. Three ends with the scream. I thought it was and then four. I think cuts no, there four. is a scream. I thought it was no, four. it's five, five, five. Sorry, it's five. the ray. It's five. five. It's the ray. Crying at the end. It's of five. Three. It's five. Showdown in Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sets up showdown in Tokyo. There's, there's a lot of like. Are you sure? Yeah. I have I wrote sc- notes for each episode. There are multiple three, screams. Four, five, six, seven. No, like. I'm pretty sure the blood curling scream I was referring to when he stabs with a knife yeah, is at the end of three. Oh, three is, oh, three yeah, yeah. is the one that, that fucked me up. Yeah. Sure, sure. And then it returns in five. I have it written down that it returns in five, but you're right, Patrick. Do you want to talk about that scream? <laughs> I know it's like uh, a yeah, weird there's thing a, to say. There, but. There's a moment where uh, uh, you know, he's being told to like, hey, back down. Like, you know, you're going to get disconnected. Like, you brought these two d- dirtbags into <laughs> your Ava. Like, this, you need to get out of here. Um and he's got this knife out and like it's this moment where like in one of the like opening arcs for for Shinji is that he's never uh really asserted himself um and it's it's hard to tell how much of that is like his own calculation the environment around him clearly like a uh, an acutely abusive or at least dismissive relationship with his father has contributed to someone who has a warped uh, uh way of interacting with other people and has found one way of sort of navigating social situations and now in his fucking robot when he's being told um to to stop to stand down and he's trying to he's always whispering himself sort of like confidence builders yeah. like to not run away to not run away yeah. um he basically snaps like he has a moment in which he basically like put if he could do a middle finger with that ava like he he would have but he had a knife in there already <laughs> um and st- stabs the the big dick in the in the eye and it cracks through and as he's doing that he is just uttering like the most guttural like scream like a scream that is like that is primal that like is is representative of a person like having such a profound moment of crisis in which like th- their action they they probably know is 
not the one they should do, but like feels they, they need to do because they've bottled up so much emotion. And the only thing way they found it was to be defiant. And this was like a moment of defiance that expressed itself in piloting a big robot knifing um, <laughs> yeah. this weird alien thing. Um, but the way that the shot is framed, the way the, the it's flashing to red, the way that the screen, like it all combines aesthetically the way it doesn't really cut away to, like, the creature itself. Like, it's mostly just fixated on Shinji's face and that scream in a way that... Uh, I think there's like, some brief cuts to to the other guys that are, like, reflective of, like, ah, shit is fucked right now. <laughs> um, but I just found that to be, like, a really... Uh, like, a really important moment for understanding Shinji and where his mental state is as someone that isn't very articulate about uh, how their internal processes is. And, like, that scream says way more than, like a dozen lines of dialogue. Um, and I just found it to be, among other things, like Ava has really good uh, cliffhanger cuts um, mm-hmm. in ways that don't feel like necessarily uh, next time on. It's more just like, it feels appropriate for like, ah shit, like we've wrapped this episode. Like, let's see where we pick up next. It's just very smart about how it, it sort of like sets things up for the next one. And I found that one to be particularly effective. Yeah, I, I've seen the scene a lot. Like this is one of those scenes that people like, it's it's a it's a big early scene in in Ava, uh, and I really like the voice actors' uh, voice in it. I I think that like their their Shinji is really really strong. So I just want to shout out the voice actor who is actually non-binary, which is oh, exciting. Cool. Um, it's uh, Casey Mangillo or Mangillo. I don't know if it's a hard or a soft G, uh, but they do like a fantastic job all through this with Shinji. Um, the dialogue in Ava is so weird. Because, as we'll talk about, there's a lot of turns from, like, um, kind of slice-of-life comedy voice sure. to, like, deep, serious psychological drama voice. And it can be really hard to sell a through line there. And I think Casey does a fantastic job of that uh, in, in what we've seen so far, at least. Um, we want to take a break now, Kato, and then we'll come back and talk about the remaining episodes? Yeah, I think now's a good time. All right. Hang out, get ready to come back and talk more. Oh, last thing on this episode. Uh, the armor gets knocked off. Uh, was that this episode or that next episode? Which one? That's this it? episode. The armor gets knocked off of Unit 1's hand. And you can oh, see, yes, again, that something... Oh, yeah, under- I, I wrote, yes. that's a man's hand. <laughs> that's a man's hand. Listen, some shit's happening in this show, Patrick. We'll get to it. Any other notes? I wrote it. For episode three? <laughs> no, I, wrote, I didn't write, that's a man's hand. I wrote, that gross hand? <laughs> That is a uh, that episode gross episode title. Yeah, episode title. <laughs> that gross hand. That is a that is a shirt from TKO or whatever. What's that game? Oh, yeah. That, uh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. That gross hand, and then just Sonic's hand. Um, yeah. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be back to talk about more in just a bit. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Episode four, 
Rain and After Running Away, or Hedgehog's Dilemma, depending on if you have the Japanese title or the English title. Right. Uh, they're different titles. Um, that is that is a thing that's going to recur throughout the, the whole show. I guess I should note that episode three was uh, The Phone That Never Rings or A Transfer. Um, that's, that's titles. Um, where's this kick up? This, this starts with... So it, it, it opens on Masato realizing he's gone, which, again, they've done an interesting thing right. here. We know there's going to be fallout from him basically going to Berserker Rage in episode yeah. three. Yeah. And so you go into this expecting, like, I wonder what the impact of that is going to be. And it actually feels like we've jumped forward because she almost has this – there's this apprehensiveness as she goes to wake him up for school. Mm-hmm. And she comments, like, maybe he'll go today. Right. Maybe this is the day he goes he goes back in. And this time she opens the door, he's not there and there's a note. Yeah. And so clearly there's been fallout from that. Uh, but once again, we're missing a key, a, a, a key step, an explanatory step into uh, sort of the emotional state that set up the action we're going to see for this episode. Totally. And listen, which I think is probably the best episode in this in this seven episode run, by the way. Okay, I I might have a different favorite one, but we'll, we'll talk about. I know you sent me a message about yeah. this episode. And we will I will give you the floor when it's time yeah. to give you the floor on this. I will note also other people come to look for Shinji. Uh, it's Kensuke and Toji, and they meet Masato for the first time and kick off what will be a long running bit of them being very horny for Misato. All right, a lot of people mm-hmm. in this show horny for her, especially. Yeah. But yes, yes. anyway. But they, they are the most explicitly, like, teenage, yeah, like, there's yes. no question mouth-watery, about like, play, played, like, explicitly for, like, goofy laughs. Yeah. Like, an, yeah. you expect, like, an audience, like, ha, 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 like, teens. play over, like, yes. the yeah. moments when they show up. There is another good moment of filmmaking where I like looking at, I like seeing their posture as they stand out, out, out the door. We get kind of a, like, knee-down look of their, like, legs, like, oh, shit, there's an adult here. We don't know who this person is. Like yeah. that stuff is very is very good, um, and then we get Shinji just fucking off, right? And riding the train all day. Um, I, the first time I watched this through, I had, to, I had to rewatch the sequences in my mind. I was like, oh, he leaves. He's leaving Tokyo three. He's going like far away, yeah. but he's actually just looping. He's actually just like riding the train over and over again. Um, and Dude, a, hmm? sorry, no, small please. question about this bit. Yeah, that specifically for you, Austin, because you've watched this before. Was that music always in there? I don't remember. It's been a decade. It feels plus. like you never really. I mean, I mean that song shows up remember. throughout this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? This, this, it shows up again this, in this, so this car. So what we're talking about is this the the, the like Walkman that he uses. Yeah. Mm, like okay. you always see it. They they use this shot uh, a few different times uh, in this episode and also later on. You see it click over from uh, like track twenty five to twenty six, mm-hmm. and then it starts scrolling the in the opposite direction. Right. Yeah. Like it's like a double sided tape or whatever. Mm. Um. And I just didn't remember ever hearing the music in the when I watched it originally, but mm-hmm. um, it was like louder and like not the music I expected, I think, or like I yeah. thought. Um, and it's just like stuck out as like having watched it before, like not really remembering whether that was in there. Um, I will take a look after this because yeah. I'm sure this is a thing that people have already started talking, right. talking about and looking into. Um, to pick back up. Uh, he ends up at a, you know, he's telling himself to go back, but he is not going to go back. He goes, in fact, to 
a late night showing of a movie theater, we get a little we get a little bit of that insight again into like what's it like to live in this world, Danielle. What you were talking about, people yeah. live lives. Um, they make out at the movies. They make out at the movies. You they, know. at a movie about the second impact yeah. explicitly. <laughs> um, and Shinji feels more uncomfortable in his own skin because he is not like other people. He seems unable to go about his life and live in that way where he can just kind of like do fun stuff. Uh, he is so affected by the stuff that has happened recently. Um, he, in fact, uh, the city becomes too much for him to handle and he kind of flees the city and goes to the countryside. Um, Rob, I'm guessing this is a big part of why you love this this uh, episode so much, not just because you relate to wanting to leave it all behind and, and reunite with nature. <laughs> Go rank yogurt. <laughs> Ranch dressing, Ranch sorry. Dressing, please, please. Sorry. I love everything about this because it is such a emotive piece and there's so much visual storytelling and so little dialogue or exposition. And so I like I love the sequence on the train with the passage of time being marked by the commuters slowly disappearing mm-hmm. and then it's the last few people and then it's the old man just sort of passed out with a book on his face. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, the retreat into the countryside is gorgeous. It's the first time we've really gotten a sense of there being a countryside here. Uh, but then when he runs into, um, oh gosh, what's the, what's the nerd's name? Kensuke. Kensuke. Yeah. Uh, like, look at, there. so we see Kensuke playing in the sort of the, the tall reeds. And it's just such a gorgeous moment where he's playing war by himself, which is something I do identify strongly with, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I would go and I'd play games with, like, toy guns in the yard or in the basement, but, like, I'd be alone doing that. And so I was playing every character, and there's little, there were these little dramas. And the way is this great, like, a thing you can do with animation where you you basically skip from keyframe to keyframe. And so we don't see transitions of him getting up. Instead, he just adopts different poses and becomes like this cartoon silhouette mm-hmm. against this like night sky that is like gorgeous, but also it's kind of a, it's a really foreboding image as well, right? The, the, the palette is that of a war movie and the stalks of grass are like, he, he's sort of in this visual trench and it's all very desaturated. It's a, it's a great, it's a great moment. And it also is a reminder that these are kids in a lot of ways. And this is something this show does really well with uh, these two characters. They are shitty, horny teenage boys in a lot of ways. But the show also does a good job of capturing how quickly that sort of facade can drop away with a fundamentally like good kid. And they sort of will like engage with what you're saying and what you're feeling, right? The moment that like they sort of have these private one-on-one moments, a lot of the affect goes away and he's dealing with Shinji just as an empathetic person and a potential friend. And then we have that the basically the the nerve cops appear yeah. to pick Shinji up in the morning. And again, it's this great, they emerge from the mist, these suits. Uh, like sort Steven of, Spielberg presents yep. the, the nerve agents show up. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just, it, they're, they're haunting images. And again, sort of unmoored from reality, which again is a recurring motif here, which is that 
things inhabit a psychological train and emotional train more than they inhabit like a literal train, right? Like we see these guys appear out of the mist, but where's the ground when they surround the tent? We still don't have a sense of like, where are they in the countryside? It doesn't matter. They've entered Shinji's like fugue state. And this, this ends up coming up later when, when, um, you know, Kensuke is, is kind of getting chewed out for having turned him over. Uh, and his response is like, what was I supposed to do? Like, they're nerve agents. Like, they had they, guns. They have, yeah. it's not, it isn't even just they have guns. Like, they do have guns. Right. He has a toy gun. They have real guns. Right, right. But it is also just like, they have authority. They are authority. I don't know who they report to. I don't know what the structure of nerve is outside they of... They were in suits. But they were in suits. Yeah. They had sunglasses on. Like, they have the symbols and control of space and all the stuff that, re- that uh, means that they are the ones in charge here. Yeah. Right. Um, also, they're adults. So right. before uh, Shinji goes back to Nerve Headquarters, actually even before, you know, kind of in the middle of this pastoral painterly stroll, we also get uh, uh, Misato and and uh, Ritsuko talking through Shinji's, um, you know, situation. Uh, and also, I think looking at Ray, who is still sick at this point or still recovering from from wounds we have not yet seen where they've come from. Um, and specifically, Misato is like, yeah, well, maybe he should fucking go. Like if he's just going to like yes ma'am me all the time or if he's going to like disobey me when I say you need to fucking retreat then fuck off like he shouldn't do this if it's just going to bring him pain um, and and we kind of wrap back around to that because that is what this their relationship is what the core of this episode is about the Misato Shinji relationship um, after they bring him back she interviews him and basically says straight up if this is your attitude you shouldn't continue doing this um, and we kind of again. It seems weird though, because uh-huh. like yeah. it seems like the world is on the precipice yeah. of fucking, like they're hiding an enormous secret. They're like, yo, we're losing this fight. Yes, badly. Yes. We have one other pilot who is very injured and is barely hanging on. But you know what? If you sad Shinji, just get out of here. Like well, it doesn't. I'm- like it doesn't. Like there's a way of pitching that where it's like, oh, you're trying to bait him into feeling bad yeah. and coming back into the fold, which is not what the, the tone of that conversation, the tone of that conversation is like, if this is making you feel bad, you know what? It's cool. Like, I just don't want to really deal with it and you should go, go on with your life, which is like, doesn't, like they don't have, like they haven't found like the fourth, they haven't gotten to them even discussing the, the like discovery child, yeah. or trying to find the fourth child or children. Or children. <laughs> um, so it's just like one of those things where I, I, it strained a little like credibility for me, like on the world, like it, it felt uh, strained from the stakes that are being presented for like nerve and like the world at large, given like actually like how uh, uh, Shinji is being like from the first episode on, like a, a sort of like a professorial sort of pilot that is like so important to the future of all this more than than any other that could come into the fold. And yet the tone of this conversation is, eh, you know, I think I guess this is yeah. kind of a bummer. So I, I think part of it is I, I, two things. One is I think that Nerve and Gendo specifically have – and I'm doing my best to just talk about the episodes we've seen Sorry, here today. Who? Nerve and sure, – yeah. Gendo Ikari, who is who – is, Gendo is Shinji's father. Dad. Dad. Okay, sorry. Sorry, Gendo. Sorry, I like this, has anyone said Gendo? They're the commander. I don't Ikari. think they've said Gendo. Yeah. So you're right, Ikari. Commander Ikari. Oh, um have the word faith is wrong here. Um, Misato's role is to carouse Shinji and to be given 
the leeway to do that. And we know that she is not brought all the way in by the end of these seven episodes, right? right. Like there's a specific thing that happens in episode seven yeah. where it's like, well, besides Misato interfering, that happened exactly as, as we planned. Yeah. And so to some degree, I think she is being she is being given a leash to have plausible deniability about her about what's happening in this in this place. Yeah. And that is all I will say Partially because I just don't fucking remember, like to some degree. Kato has been giving me eyes, yeah. giving me faces. Uh, but like that is that is my read from this from this set of episodes is one way to maybe right. square that that feeling. Like what I don't you know what happens if he gets on that train and actually leaves? We uh, we would see you know they're yeah. clearly tracking him. Oh yeah, <laughs> every step every step of the way, right? Sure, yeah. Um, and again, there's also the and like in terms of world building, there's the the brief exchange where yes. Um, uh, they mentioned like, oh, well, you know, we. I think I, I wrote down, uh, we must entrust piloting to 14-year-old yeah. response. I know. Done. Cut to next scene. That's it. And like, mm-hmm. As we all know. Which the is Avis great, can only, right? Yep. Because that's, um, it's it's such an interesting way to do exposition because it, it's just like, because there's a tension in like every episode I found where like, I'm literally writing down like, Seriously, like no one's like Shinji's not asking any questions about this, and then right at the point where like I'm getting irritated about it, like there'll be a little drop that's like not not even necessarily the thing I was curious mm-hmm. about, but the, the the show being aware that like look we're not yes we opened like right in the middle of things and haven't done like a uh, military briefing where we like get you up to speed on the mythology in a way that like a lot of uh, like uh, high concept narratives usually do, and instead they're just like brief bits where it's like, look, we have we have a mythology, like mm-hmm. like it will get there, it will start to kind of come together, but it's done so in a way of like drips and drops in a way that uh, is suggestive and like really evocative because like the notion of like you have some math you can do now, right? Like okay, fifteen years since like uh, the second impact, fourteen year old, so like a wave of children at like what. And so, like, immediately can start, like, doing some theorizing that's, like, really fun and exciting, where it's like, all right, I don't actually want to know more than that. Like, that's enough to, like, help me start creatively theorizing the gaps that I don't, um, haven't had filled by the show just yet. Totally. Totally. So, Shinji. Shinji's an angel. That's what you're saying. Go ahead. Just, again, I love the composition of their exchange when she's trying to figure out what's going on with him. And also we had a a brief flashback to her debrief with him after he freaked out in episode three. (laughs) Oh, that's a great, that that seems great. Right, where, like, again, he's almost like in a manic mood Mm -hmm. where he's just not, like, she's trying to be serious about what happened out there. And he's kind of got this, like, fuck you attitude of, like, I know you're over a barrel. Like you want me to, you you know, you, you need me to kill these I'm the angels. Pilot, right? I'm gonna do it. I'm yeah. gonna do it. Yeah. So I gotta do it, right? Yeah. I'm listening. I'm listening. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> and he does, and it just drives home. Like Shinji doesn't have like a middle setting, like where everything <laughs> and harmony yep. are working together. Like he's either fully like disaffected, uh-huh. completely detached. Or he is completely given over to like rage and anger and like explosiveness. And I love this now this like sort of follow up conversation they have where again, we're returning to what appears to be just the visual motif of these opening episodes, divided frames, characters like across like physical and uh, like uh, contra like visually contrasting barriers. And so she is standing in the light. He is in the darkness and sort of cuts across the uh, frame. And on the wall behind him is the nerve logo and kind of an odd legend on it. Uh, God is in his heaven. 
And but and then in the darkness, you can dimly make out and all's right with the world, uh, which is an odd, you know, <laughs> is an odd thing to find uh-huh. at a uh, sort of secret military headquarters. But it's just an interesting uh, it's just a beautiful like composition. And when she leaves, he sort of plunged back into this darkness. Yeah. Uh, but the legend becomes more legible as well. Uh, so. Again, like, you know, that's a passage from a uh, Browning poem, uh, but it's also something you hear a lot in, uh, like, Christian music, and uh, it's, it's it's sort of a uh, old Christian bromide, really. Um, you know, God's in his heaven is all, and all's right with the world is something people say. Uh, it's an odd thing to encounter here. Um, and then we sort of have the... Will they? Is Shinji actually going to walk out on this yeah. moment? I think we have a really sweet exchange with him and his two new friends um, as they sort of try to shake hands, but also in a weird way try to express how much they care about each other. But they're teenage boys, and so there's a mix of like shit talking <laughs> and a little bit of physical violence, but also uh-huh. like these guys are there and they are there with him, even if he doesn't want them around. Um, they're at the train station when he's about to leave. He's not talking to them. There's nothing they can do, but they're there to see him off. And I find that a really sweet detail. So much of this show, but also more broadly, I mean, so much of, of popular fiction is about, is about characters being built into kind of subject positions that are acceptable within society inside of like specifically Japanese anime and, and specifically inside of Japanese mech anime, the like masculinization of a young boy is a core theme that has been in these shows for 50 years. And this is a show that's super, super, super interested in it just in these seven episodes. Like you have to become, you have to become your father's son. You have to be a big boy. You have to like all of the things that are about what masculinity is supposed to look you like. You have to do violence. Right. You have to do righteous violence. violence. But like the specific know. like homosocial, like this is what this is what teenage boys do. They punch each other. They get mad and punch each other. And then they apologize. And the apology is you get to punch me now. Yep. <laughs> right. Um, and it is super interested in that. And it will continue to be interested in that throughout the series. Increasingly from other perspectives um, throughout. Um, brief thing I want to hit here is, uh, actually before we even get here, there is that specific line that I, I just want to call out, which is that Shinji, Shinji's reason for feeling the way he does, the way, he, the thing that he states, um, is, uh, that, that he thinks other people, he's like, I'm just not cut out for it the way you are to Misato and about Ray also, and about everybody. He sees the world as such where like. I'm just bad at this. I don't have it. I don't have what it takes to be a pilot to fight the angels. And what is so like so- you could you could subtract the fight the uh, angels. Yeah. I just don't have what it takes. Yeah. Period. Life in life is what he feels, and there is something very selfish and narcissistic about that perspective because it assumes other people do. And to be clear, I want like he is in a he is in a mental health crisis. Like yes. I understand and have been in that place. But also there is part of it in that moment that what is being underscored is that there is actually sort of narcissism in that because he thinks that the world is about him and he thinks that he is somehow distinct from average people uh, because he actually thinks that those people are like 
have something special that he doesn't, right? Um, Everyone's crushing it. And right. It's just you're the you're only, the only one, one that's struggling. having problems. Exactly. Which is one and of And that's what, like, what the show does really well as it goes on is like revealing everyone else's like private issues and grievances and struggles in a way that like – you know, reveals the performative aspects of people's personalities yes. and other ways that they cope. Um, and like revealing that Shinji is, is certainly not alone in feeling like the world is hard. Of course not. Right. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, even, even when Kensuke and Toji come back, what Toji is there to apologize and it's taken him an episode and a half to do it. Um, and the reason he did it was because his sister slapped him and said, <laughs> Shinji is out here defending us. Like you yeah. should go say, say sorry to that guy. Um, and let him punch you. Let him <laughs> Let him punch you, big brother. Um, finally, we get the, the very long sequence that I think is very beautiful. And, and some of the shots in it actively reverse previous shots that we've seen or invert them mm-hmm. um, of Shinji waiting for the train to show up. This very official, very empty train showing up. And the kind of like long question of will he board it or not? Will he get on? And I think we, the, the viewer, are pretty sure from the moment it arrives that he's not going to get on that train. Um, but there is still such a great deal of tension in this in this moment because of what will follow from it. Um, we get the the shots of Misato kind of driving her sports car up the side of this <laughs> this you know highway, uh, this mountainous highway, trying to rush there. She gets there, the train is already leaving. Does the the like slow turnaround, takes in the scene, um, and eventually catches out of the corner of her eye that Shinji has not boarded the train. Is in fact looking down at her from from the train platform, which is like. Uh, an inversion of, in a sense of the stuff that happens in the shot that happens in episode one where Gendo, where Shinji's father is looking down at the group yeah. from above the Ava, except here that shot is, is this shot is framed as deeply positive. Or even the earlier shot between them two, right? You're right. When the, they're doing the, either the debrief or the one after where he's like sitting and she's and standing. She's standing. Over yes, yeah. totally. He is standing over her here and there is, Eight seconds, ten seconds, like long, long shot. Very long that shot. is just a held shot. The sound of the cicadas, which is something that was mentioned earlier in the episode, uh, because Kensuke doesn't like. It was a Kensuke who doesn't like the sound of them. Yeah, um, and he likes going. He likes playing at night because he doesn't have to hear the cicadas. Uh, and here they are just like going at it super <laughs> loud. And finally, uh, he says, "I'm home," and Misato says, "Welcome home." And there's this like sense that like. Okay, like the hedgehogs figured it out, right? Yeah. That is what the show is absolutely going for here. Um, Rob, you love this episode. You're in love yeah, with this episode. I, you told me it was haunting. Look, I mean, these held shots are incredible. The fact, like, the way they deploy the audio, not just the cicadas, but the fact, like, this entire scene is the other thing running through the scene is, again, just babbling official announcements and mm-hmm. declarations about, like, proper procedures for boarding the train. And this is, it paints this world, it's this weird, like, it is a depopulated world uh, with just a few characters trapped in their interiority. And then outside of it, sort of the background for it is all these, you ha- you have the cicadas, which they sort of go to, they're pains to explain that Nature's kind of doing well as mm-hmm. humanity's been wiped out. That the cicadas are thriving like the rest of nature uh, since uh, you know humanity's been massively killed off, and 
then you have all these sort of uh, you know PA announcements for crowd control and managing like normal commuter traffic, and nobody's there. And so it's this. I don't know. I just love the. I love the contrast. The the mundane and then sort of the heightened emotional stakes. But they don't give you the reaction shots. You don't see the sort of realization that he's still there hit Misato and you don't see like really get a good look at him as he sort of takes in that his friends are there and she's there to pick him up. Yeah. Uh, instead we watch this from a remove that even though clearly like the relationship is pivoting here, we are still distant from them. We don't know them that well and they don't know each other that well. Like closeness takes time and it is this, it is these halting, you know, two steps forward, one steps back, ways that people deepen their involvement in each other's lives and they're not even sure they want to. This is the other thing that's running through this episode. Does like what actually is their relationship? What obligations do they have to each other and to humanity writ large? These things are unresolved. They don't go away with saying, I'm home. I'm here for you. We wish they did. We wish those moments were true, but then the world keeps moving and all those problems are still there. The, the distance is literally not closed, right? Like there's a version of this this where she shows up on the platform and he goes and gives her a hug or like she like he like salutes her and says yeah. commander. There's all sorts of ways that any scene that's ever been written could well, go it differently. It feels like it's because it's this isn't the conclusion of that, right? right? This is the beginning of him trying. Right. 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 Which is an opening up for for it's a, it's a it's a it's a a desire or an acceptance of vulnerability. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know yep. what? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself out there. This could this could go wrong. And it, it, I want to be clear. Yeah. I said him. It's actually for both of them, right? Yeah. Because she is also stepping into a role that she knows is tenuous and is is like deeply perilous. Things can go really bad when she has to play this role that is very blurry, where she has to take on a role as a mother and a sister and a commander all at once. And that is like a very tough space for her to be in. Uh, And her commitment to running here and just like insisting that she is in his life is like an act of courage given the state, right? She could very easily just be like, fuck it. So... Find another one. Find another one. Find another children. (laughs) Um, One last observation and question I had about this. Yes. Are these long shots and this interest the series has on like distant tableaus and landscapes, is this a really elegic elegiac way of controlling the budget? Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I think it's also very, very lightly. uh, I mentioned this in the passing conversation the other day, but uh, he worked under Miyazaki. Yes. Uh, So like... (laughs) Think of like the way that there's definitely like long contemplative shots in Miyazaki films. Like, well, Rob's gone. Rob left. <laughs> Rob was like, he can't yes. deal. Rob's like, that's a good point. I'm gonna go read Wikipedia. <laughs> no, I, I had to make sure my AC didn't turn back on. No, okay. I got you. appreciate it. I mean, it, it's like, it's one of those things where you turn like you recognize, you know, uh, Rob and Danielle. You know, when we were talking about the 2014 Godzilla film yeah. and how much that is shrouded in darkness to most likely deal with the budgetary. Uh, constraints of like portraying you know creatures like the Mudos and and Godzilla, um, that movie shrouds in darkness and uses rather than hiding it, it's using darkness to its advantage to to scare you and heighten the tension. It's I think Ava you know structurally thought of thoughtfully thinks about like what does it mean to have those sequences that both serve the budget but they can also like serve the the story and the characters thematically um, really effectively because yeah. I, I think it it doesn't seem distracting or cheap even if you can read through the lines and be like, well, 
that's part of it, but it but it doesn't feel like it's um, it, it doesn't bleed through the actual uh, sort of like creative process. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, any other thoughts on this before we move on to episode five? I want to connect some of the things that happen here. Yeah, but when we're in it. Oh, okay. I got I you. Think. I got you. I yeah. got you. So episode five, Ray beyond the heart or Ray one. <laughs> um. 22 days ago, we open on we open on Gendo doing one of his trademark maneuvers, yeah. which is the like chin strap. the chin strap dad. And the yeah. And him doing the, the like glasses, glasses push yes. up. Yep. The only thing that makes this not the exact trademark is when he pushed the glasses up, his eyes didn't become opaque. It didn't right. like turn white. <laughs> um and we get 22 days before what was the first episode, presumably, right? Like, you can kind of take that first four episodes almost as, like, a standalone movie in, in, a, in a weird way. You're like, here it is. Yeah. Here is Shinji's mm. arrival, huh. right? From the moment he arrives and meets Misato to him being like, all right, this is what my life is now. This is my home. Now we go 22 days before that, and we see uh, a test using Ava Unit Zero, uh, which is the Ava unit, the test unit that Ray uh, Ayaname, who is this blue-haired uh, girl who we've seen in the background a couple of times, who has been threatened to be put into the Ava if Shinji won't do it multiple times. Um, she just wheeled out in a hospital bed in the first. In episode. the first episode, really <laughs> fucked like, up looking. Yeah. Bring yeah. her out. Yeah, like, she is. She has a cast bandages, on. Cast. <laughs> yeah. Like she looks like she came out of a horror movie. Um, yeah. And this sequence is great. Uh, in for me, the, my my favorite thing about the sequence is the speed at which it it develops Ava Unit Zero from super mechanical looking, more mechanical looking than even Ava Unit One does, because uh, Ava Unit One has certain things that make it in its core design feel biological. It has a horn. Horns are things that animals have. It seems to have like a weird chin and a face in in a way that a mouth, something a with mouth, a jaw right. in the mouth, eyes in, that in, strangely seem to follow you. Right, but even before <laughs> yeah. it breaks up, even you know what I mean. Just yeah, in its yeah. core design, whereas this design, right away you see it, you're like, oh, that's a robot. Yeah, that has a big camera face. Yeah, that's just a robot. <laughs> and then like three seconds later, there's technicians talking about how the muscles are loaded weird or something, and then it starts to move. And as it starts to move, it moves in ways that are clearly biological um, and Ray loses control of it uh, and it starts to go berserk in a way that we've seen now a couple of times from from the the Avas. Um, And importantly, uh, Ray is ejected as they kind of start to shoot the Ava with. Um, like a har- a quick a quick backlight. Yeah, it is. Yeah, backlight. Right. Like uh, yeah. that is like oh, this is going to quickly harden and freeze it in place. Um, it's like bakelite, right? It's like it's like bake a quick yeah. f- freezing. Um, it's a glue gun from prey. Basically, yeah. it's a glue gun yeah, from yeah. prey. And Ray's um, pod uh, gets ejected. Her entry plug gets ejected. And Gendo instantly loses it and it's like, uh, just like hops over the fence, like runs. I don't even know you could get down there that quick, <laughs> yeah. but he does it. And with his hands uncovered. Wouldn't do that for Shinji. Tell you I'll what. Tell you what. That is the point of this Let episode. Let that kid burn. Yeah. <laughs> Let that kid burn. Are you Grabs. trying to Hank Hill like just live on the pod? That exists a hundred percent. Tell you that what. Fan art. Tell you what. Uh, Wait, <laughs> opening. I've, I have yeah, already I have seen that Ava then. King of the Hill memes. Yes, the King of the Hill Ava yeah. memes exist. They are out there. Yeah. Oh, God. And yeah. Gendo, Gendo opens the entry plug, opens the cockpit. Burns the, his uh, hands. Burning his hands, uh, freeing Ray, who is who is injured. We jump back forward in time. Okay, real losing, quick. Losing his glasses. Losing his glasses. Important. Oh, yes. yes, his glasses break. 
and Ray looks Ooh, up. Oh no! And and he cares. She cares. She can tell he cares for her. And then we jump forward in time. Um, are they? They are still talking about it's. It's Ritsuko and and uh, Misato talking about why that happened. Being like, yeah, weird. Like she, there was an unst- instability. Ray's never unstable. Why would it be an instability? That doesn't make any sense. Um, and they are under the shadow of the angel that Shinji killed, right. that, that Shinji stabbed. Uh, one of the things I like about this show, especially this, the first like act of this show, the first, the first like major arc, the stuff we're talking about today, is that there is distance between the the action sequences. Um, you know, it was episode three when this thing gets killed, and mm-hmm. we had all of episode four to kind of like sit with that to have time to think about where Shinji's head was at and to just like take that in. There's a degree of like downtime there. Um, and that prioritizes characterization and prioritizes setting and world building in a way that a lot of other kind of action shows don't have the time to do. It's not that action shows never have downtime. Or there's a fight in every single one across a, all action anime, but it is, it is like a, it is a standard thing, especially in mech shows, where it's like, all right, the toy company says you fucking get a fight in this episode. You right. get a fight in every episode. Right. And also you use a new different, like, a different gotta be weapon. different because that's a different toy we it's can sell. It's a different sell. toy we can sell, or it has a different gun, or it has some other attachment. Like, we got to build product out here, people. Um, and the, it, instead, it takes us, to, you know, a whole full episode to get back to... What the fuck did Shinji do and what were the repercussions of it? I mean, that's the other great thing or thing that, that is like so interesting about the show is it is not like he killed that thing and then it disappeared. No, it went to a warehouse and they are cutting that thing up. They are studying it. They're trying to figure out what makes the angels tick. There's a sequence here where uh, Misato is like, all right, you're a doctor, Ritsuko. Like, w- what is an angel? And she basically says they're made of light. But also have DNA, particles mm-hmm. and waves. They're they're matter that have particles and wave made of. They're matter that is made of part properties of particles and waves like light. And ninety eight point nine nine percent. Ninety nine point nine eight eight nine percent. So shit. close. God damn it! But <laughs> resemblance to humans. Yeah, that seems like a lot to me. For for me, yeah. isn't that even more than we have with like. No. Certain types of Aren't like of primates. Of primates? Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, is, what's uh? Rob's got, Rob's got some it, concerns. Rob, the, the the banana. <laughs> no, thing. I think Kata knows. Bananas, right? Is that the one you're thinking? What of? are you talking about bananas for? What? Uh, like, so sh- the thing is, the whole like DNA overlap is a yeah. bullshit statistic that uh, basically tells okay. you nothing. Yes. So like, okay. and uh, well, that's probably not what the show is doing, right? The show is using that as just like a, a sh- you know, narrative shorthand uh, yeah. that lots of sci-fi does. Right. But yes. I did appreciate they bailed out before they did something really silly. Like <laughs> what that means is, and Ritsuko cuts her off. What it means is we don't know. We don't know shit. shit. Yeah. And which is the more honest admission, right? Like when you're looking at data like that, like it could it could be meaningful, it could be uncanny, or it could mean that like, yeah, in some ways this is an organism that roughly maps to just about any organism here on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Um while they're discussing this, Shinji is like Shinji earlier in that that moment the catches. Coffee a, sip. Go ahead. What's up? The coffee sip. Okay, there's this beat where Ritsuko's at the computer. It's the cutest little thing. Okay. It's (laughs) Shinji, like, starting to fit in. Rob has a favorite. I think he does. No, it's... Go ahead. His voice went up, like, three (laughs) octaves. Because it is a a sweet moment. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Now I'm going to deepen my voice and speak very (laughs) properly. 
Uh, the production of subjectivities. Oh, there you go. So let me tell you about my favorite part with Shinji. Performances. Um, no, I, I, I oh, like ahead. here that here we start to see him cr- like cracking open his shell a little bit. He's got the fucking oversized construction hat and yes. it's like very yes. much kid at the new job. And now he's at his job. This is like he's not just somebody who's been brought in like pilot the EVA. Like now he actually this is where he works. These are his co-workers. And there's this moment <laughs> where they pause over the you. data. Kata, go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. EV. It's just Eva. The Ava or it's Ava. Just Ava right, or Evo. That pronunciation. It's not it's Evo. Not. You said Evo. It's not Evo's no, a fighting game. Yeah, that's coming up that's in coming a bit, up soon, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just Ava. Ava I didn't want to say yeah. anything. I was it's trying not, to yeah. be it's a not, good. It's not a. I was going to correct you wait, after the show. What's the word? Evangelion? No, the the, the an acronym. Acronym. Yeah, I lost an acronym or an initialism. Right. It's not a no. Okay. I'm sorry, Rob. Big hat. He has a big big hat on. He has a big construction hat on. Yeah. But also there's just there's a little beat where Ritsuko is reading information off the screen and they all like pause and then like all sort of in sync they take a sip of their coffee. Yes. And it was just such a like co-workers shooting the shit type moment where they kind of run out of like things to say and then just sort of the synchronized like well we're all still like being sociable and together and like Shinji's part of that it's a it's yeah. a sweet moment and also like really does take you back to the first jobs you worked right the first times that you stopped just being you still felt like an imposter you were still the kid on the job site but at the same time you had adults treating you like you were a coworker and one of them, and that was also kind of cool and like empowering. Yeah, yeah. I gotta fuck with that. Um, before they finish the sequence, um, earlier in the sequence, I guess Shinji notices that his father's hand has a burn on it, um, and later in that sequence, uh, the the ladies notice that he is like out. He's just not quite tuned all the way in. Uh, and drag him a little bit for they're like what? all right what is it? I think Risco is like what's up and he's like nothing it's not uh, I'm fine there's not a problem I'm good I'm f- I'm totally okay the coffee's cold but yeah that's all it is the coffee's cold uh, and they're like all right like you could not be trying to get our attention more if you tried you look like a whiny baby um, what's up just say the thing you want to say. Um, which again is is a is a moment where they're actually bringing him in there, right? That is not that they are not actually dragging him. They are like, listen, if we're gonna sit here underneath the big dick beast and drink coffee <laughs> together and talk about how it's made of light and our DNA or whatever, you have to be able to say the thing you're thinking. And the thing he's thinking is like, what happened to my dad's hand? And they describe to him the situation with Ray, that that Ava Unit Zero went berserk, that she got flung out of it, and that in rescuing her or getting her out of the pod, she was fine. They probably could have waited for the, for the thing to cool down a little bit. Could have put could've, on oven mitts. He could have put on oven mitts. That's all. We, that, yeah, but that's like what's so like, import, like important about that moment. Like it's yes. like every other scene with Gendo in the series this thus far are like either shots of him get like nonchalantly giving instructions or him with his fingers crossed and like you know, the, the like the shot where you get like half of his sunglasses. Yeah. And like he he like has a sort of like omnipresent godlike figure in which he's not super concerned about the moment to moment details, just kind of like taking things in an aggregate and everything below him are just pieces on a chessboard that he's shuffling around towards yes. whatever end state. Like the the way he presents himself does not necessarily feel like the end state is like 
uh, like the human race being empowered and like, <laughs> like I have my suspicions about like where, what would he actually wants yeah. this whole thing to end at. Sure. But like you get that, like the fact that he burned his hands that he didn't have to do, she probably would have been fine. Like is such an interesting contrast with like every piece of evidence we've had of his personality before that, um, which is someone who's cold, calculated, cares not for anyone, not even his own son. And so of course he's probably going to feel about that, about all the pieces at his disposal when that's, he actually appears to have some sort of like emotional reaction yes. to to Ray, and Shinji is in disbelief at hearing this story. Like, my dad, my my <laughs> dad, like felt anything for another human. I can't being. even ask him why his fingers are burning. <laughs> right, yeah, right. right, right. He's literally in the same room. I have not had a conversation right. with him in four episodes, and that yeah. was a conversation. Is there were words said? They were near each other. <laughs> yeah. to, at him, yeah. they were said exactly. at him. Um. We cut from there back to school. Right. Uh, the girls are swimming, I want to say, or are they doing yes. something else? And the boys like their calves. That's not all they like. I mean, they like everything, they but like they everything. just, they were very fixated on the calves. Uh, I think it was like after the boobs, right? Well, there's a specific. So boobs, then you, calves. You watched this episode uh, subbed. You didn't hear the I did dub. both. Okay, well, this episode <laughs> has a very specific. They say, oh, did I miss get this? a load of those bazoongas. <laughs> right, I remember what? that. That is, that, yes. is how they, that, that is how they... I remember that. Yeah. Is that the original Japanese? I don't think so. <laughs> What's weird is in the dub, their eyes pop out of their skulls <laughs> and they make uh, foghorn <laughs> noises. They can't make I, a wolf sound. A, a strange choice. <laughs> they replaced with Roger Rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, I mean, this is this is one of those things here that I like. That is, you have to, we we are watching this show, which means we are on the ride with these horny teenagers. Oh, yeah. And I think one of the core questions that we're going to continue to ask as the show continues is like, how is the show is the show framing the their objectification of young women of fourteen year old girls? Is it doing it? Where they are the at, in the middle of the frame because we are like laughing at them or are interested in the production of masculinity. And when does the show? And I think even in the series of episodes, it spins between the two, mm -hmm. uh, doing the object the objectification, doing the sexualization itself, uh, expecting you to identify with them versus against them, or or you know not just telling a story about them, but is like ah yes. In this specific instance, they're like, Shinji, you are looking at Ray because you think she's hot. And he's like, no, it's not that. I have all this other shit going on in my head. And in this moment, it is fair as a viewer to be like, yeah, they don't understand what's really going on with Shinji. But within 40 minutes of television, the show itself begins to sexualize Ray. And specifically, oh. Shinji, there are moments where you see that Shinji has begun doing that as well. I'm not saying that, like, we can't, that there isn't, there aren't interesting readings about what's happening here. But I do think that the show sometimes fails to know where it wants to be on that. And when it when it struggles, oh, there, it's are, rough. there are fan service shots of time. like asses where it's like, this is not yeah. telling me anything about the story. It's not a character's perspective. It is just, uh, you know, this is just one of those things that sometimes crops up in um, th this this style of storytelling. I have I have a note here, which I wanted to bring up in this episode. And yeah. it will also be very, very relevant a little bit later on in this same episode, of course. Uh, but my note here, just general note about the whole show. What the fuck is going on with gender in this show? Uh -huh. uh, whose point of view are we really uh, privy to and supposed to be, you know, kind of really thinking about how much is this male gaze? How much is this uh, commenting on horny teenagers? Yeah. Like, we're supposed to be horny about Masato. Oh, 100%. Like, there's no way. Like, oh, in yeah. the first episode, we're looking at, like, her, her upper thighs yes. and, like, her breasts and, like, completely. And she's, like, 
a hot lady in a hot car driving around. Like, yeah. there's no point of view by which that is not supposed to be sexy. Right. right? Do you know right. what I mean? No, totally. So, like, the show is doing all kinds of things. I mean, we'll talk about her I will more say, later. Here's what I will but... say about the fandom. If the fandom was more interested in Misato and less in, in Ray and another young child who hasn't shown up yet, I'd be way happier about the general fandom's horniness. Gotcha. <laughs> Real talk. I also had no idea how old Ray was. Ray is Some, 14. I, right. Ray I, is 14. I understand now that right. we've discussed a lot of the world yes. building, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I just missed somehow. Totally. I was like, I don't know if she's 13 or 30. I have no fucking idea. Yes. 14 gotcha. is like, yeah. 14 is very young. It's young. Very young. Um, mm-hmm. Misato so, is great and I love her and she's of age I will there's a point <laughs> in my believe. notes where I talk about yeah. inviting you all to our wedding because I am going to marry Misato oh. right. which is nice so I'll, I'll get to it when I get to it congratulations so, so. Austin oh th- <laughs> thanks that's beautiful. thank you that's a beautiful uh, Rob you had something to say on this, this, this subtopic yeah I, I just like the weird thing is in some ways the show is trying to comment on it. Like I actually think the exchange where the boys are checking out the girls and they're being assholes about him looking at Ray, that entire thing like is just pitch perfect because first they're like doing again, the standard teasing, right? Like, Oh, you know, looking at those calves, checking out those, it's not bazongas in the, in the sub, but uh, it's it's something else. Bazongas. Yeah. It's two O's. Bazongas. Right. Okay. It's weird. That's the thing. It's Uh, not even. Bazongas. <laughs> Check out those bazongas, they say. That's but, that classic which, catchphrase from that CBS show. Which I think yeah, actually puts yes. this into your camp, Rob. I think them saying, localizing it as bazongas yeah. is a stronger argument That's for actually you. smart, because they're younger kids. They're like trying to be worldly, but they're also just kind of <laughs> dumb and silly about the entire thing. But then the minute he says, no, 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 uh, this is about like an emotional connection. This is about my isolation and like, do I see someone who's like me? And right. she's the only she's the only real peer I have. Immediately, they drop the objectifying shtick and they start like, yeah, actually, now that I think about it, I don't know that she has any friends, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's because she doesn't like get along with people. And they just start like, they, they they do see her as a person. They know enough about her to know that she's kind of lonely, and they're not sure whether that's by choice or. Uh, sort of disposition, but that stuff is handled really well. I actually love that the show can sort of hit those moments and uh, be tongue-in-cheek about the horniness of teenage boys, etc. But then there's the fact that when women are on screen, the camera level is at hip level Mm -hmm. a lot of times. And like every female character gets this treatment, basically. There's, I think in an episode or two, we're going to see Ritsuko sitting in a chair uh, in a meeting room. And it is a shot, basically, it's it's not quite the basic instinct shot, but it is like a like tight shot of yeah. a woman sitting legs crossed and hemline slightly up. And that's, this show lives for stuff like that. And in this episode, I think it becomes its most egregious because it's trying to land yes. kind of a fraught moment for Shinji and Rei and then it can't help itself. It can't help going into the, oh boy, and then some wacky, horny slapstick happens, Mm -hmm. and we're going to get, whoops, I accidentally fell on your naked body and groped you. Grabbing you. And it's it's discordant with the show. Yeah. 
Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's such a and frustrating this is, this thing. Is, the thing that always has always frustrated me, frustrated me around the discourse on the show is that it tends to be interested in coming down on one side or, or in presenting the show as if it's only doing one of those two things, when I think it's messier than that yeah. and fraught because of it. Um, and I guess the reason why... So I see lots of people either saying, no, all of it is about a big message. It's all just trying to say something about gender and sexuality. Actually, you shouldn't feel uncomfortable about this. Or I see people saying, it's all bullshit. It's never doing anything second level. It's all just right. this. It's it's pretentious. It's not actually saying anything about gender or, or performance or about sexuality. In fact, is mostly just horny bullshit, looking for an excuse, looking for a screen for its horny bullshit. Right. And I think that the for me... I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. I think it's you kind of see both wow. sides. Austin. I actually Welcome. don't think the truth is well. So I don't. <laughs> I actually don't think the truth is somewhere in the middle. I think by the end of the show, we'll all have pretty strong feelings about sure. this. But what I do think is that both of these things are happening, and that while there is a holistic perspective that you can take, that like for me, it starts at the 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 conflict between these two techniques of of visual storytelling that there and then recognize that there is a conflict happening there um and otherwise you, we end up reducing actual stuff that's happening on the screen or trying to ignore it and look away from it. And I think that it, it makes way more sense to talk about how, yes, Rob, I think this particular scene is trying to say something about the ways in which these boys have been sexual or have been, uh, uh, you know, again, turned into subjects who sexualize women mm -hmm. without, like, this is a scene in which those women are not constantly framed and ogled by the One camera. One of the few. One of the few. <laughs> Where women show right. up and they look... They're normally framed, totally. quote unquote normally framed, but like totally. they're in medium shots. It's not a close up right. on any TNA or anything right. like that. And it's that just... is a rare thing for the show. They're in one piece swimsuits. <laughs> swimsuits like yes. it's the most but like even, uh, even that is a fraught thing. In uh, it's such oh, a it? it's such a fucking mess. Gotcha, Danielle. It's to be online is to suffer. <laughs> to be online is to suffer. Um, I understand. So before we actually get to the awkward uh, stuff uh, that comes later in the episode, first we get a kind of a transitional shot where Shinji is back at Nerve HQ and he sees Ray getting out of the cockpit of of Ava Unit Zero and like running up to to or to chat with Gendo. And both of them are in these completely different modes than what he's familiar with from either. She is like exuberant. She is like so the way she is animated. She is spry and Gendo is grinning and is like very like, you know, affable in a way that we've never seen him. Um, and then we get a great slice of life moment of uh, 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 Ritsuko coming over for dinner. Uh, oh, that's right. This weird, this cut. <laughs> uh -huh. there, it's almost like the way. Sorry. To, no, I please, don't wanna, please, please, please. That's know, what this is. Away, but the way that Shinji is watching this exchange, it, there's the way that it like cuts to close up shots on like these little yes. details. There is a sense of jealousy. And oh, yeah. of course, it's ambivalent whether it's like, is he jealous of both of them? Like the affection for the father and also, you know, the affection from her. Like, what's. Mm -hmm. And then there's this cut to that music, the goofy fucking music of yeah, the home scenes with the penguin and Misato just being you know guzzling beer oh, and with stacks of beer out of beer. and like. I love She's it. She's great. I love I, it. Give me a morning beer. beer. Um, shout outs to Michael Lutz for the me for too. the classic. Yeah, do you like a morning beer? 
Do you like uh, a breakfast beer? I've had a shower beer shower. before. Oh, love it. <laughs> um, Michael Lutz over on Twitter back in December tweeted, the older I get, the more Misato is my favorite Ava character. Of all options presented in the show, quote, becoming emotionally stunted, high-functioning alcoholic is probably the most normal way to live through a slow-motion apocalypse. <laughs> and then, oh my God, Misato is a millennial. <laughs> um, and she is. She is. The show takes place in 2015. Yeah. Misato is a millennial. She uh, truly is. She is our first true millennial icon. She knows how to put back beer. She she likes it when she makes real curry and then just mixes that in with instant ramen. Yeah. She somehow, somehow still ruins uh, food that you cook in a bag. <laughs> bag food. <laughs> she does. May, um, I, may I point please. out the biggest incongruity in this entire show? The fact that she wears pajamas. Uh-huh. This woman, as I know her, uh, yeah. through these seven episodes, yeah. would not wear. You think just. She's wearing boy shorts. Yeah. She might not have washed maybe. them in a little while. Yeah, you're right. She is just like, what? who cares? When I go home, I guzzle my beer. I'm uh-huh. in my tank top. I'm in my boy shorts. This fucking kid's going to deal Whatever. with it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. She does not dress up to it's go possi- to bed. It's possible she doesn't do her laundry very often. <laughs> so pajamas are just like. That was the leftover. That is what I got. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I think you're How right. often do you think Masato's like going down to the laundromat and putting in quarters right. at all? Mm. I think Pen Pen is. I think you're gonna yeah. open you're gonna open another closet and just <laughs> Yeah, all the all the clothes are gonna fall out. Like, well I got these for Christmas eight years ago. I guess I'll wear these right now. Instantly. Poor Pen Pen has to eat this food. The slice of life stuff, this like these like little like domestic moments are so fun and and just like I don't know. I could I could watch this show. It turns out they make shows like this. I could just watch any number of shows about <laughs> cool people having fun, eating meals. It's a whole subgenre. Living with uh, there are animals involved. They're called reality yes. shows. Um, so <laughs> uh, yeah, I could I could just live hey, a good I, life. I hope I hope this doesn't happen. Uh-huh. I don't want any explanation for the penguin. No mythology. No no lore. I just want him to exist. To be part of this world and just not to be commented yeah. on. I don't have faith that will happen, but I hope it to be true. Yeah. I, now that you mentioned that, it is weird that she's like, oh no, he's an icebox penguin or something like Just like, oh, of course I've got a second refrigerator. I that's, that's, and, like, and I don't, I don't yeah. need the wiki explanation for that. <laughs> I accept it as fact. Move on. Okay. Uh, something in the scene... Yeah. So this is a, a sweet scene. It's disarming. Mm-hmm. I also think it's one of the most sinister scenes in the show. Ooh. Because it's during this sequence yes. that Ritsuko and um, Kusaragi, um, Misato, Misato yeah, uh, yeah. sort of hit on the idea of, hey, you know, yes, you should be friends with Ray. You should actually, you know I mean, what? You should take her new ID yeah. over her place. Maybe come over to work together. And there is this element of calculation to the entire thing. And you realize that Misato fundamentally, like this sequence made me trust her less because we know enough about these characters. This is probably not a great idea. This is probably uh, something these characters are not necessarily ready to do. And is it even in their best interests to become close, to strike up friendship? Nevertheless, what they do see as useful is we have to we have these two basically uh, really useful, very different tools in our hands. They're both malfunctioning in different ways and are kind of difficult to control. 
But if we can get them to buy into the program a little bit more, get them to regulate each other a little bit more emotionally, then all of this becomes a lot easier. They don't really care that much about how Shinji is doing. Like Misato does on one level, but when push comes to shove and you get this in the scene, they are his minders. Yeah. They still, while they do increasingly view him as a person and as sort of a protege, their ultimate responsibility and interest is to the function of the Ava program and Shinji's role in it. And he doesn't see that. He is increasingly thinking, yeah, of course, I'm, I'm building these relationships. And it's like, man, the foundation of these relationships is incredibly transactional and manipulative. Yes. Well, I mean, the, the arc of these two episodes, Ray 1 and Ray 2, is him... I mean, this is this is like such. Again, we're going to slip into particular Freudian you know methods of, of analysis here. But this is him being jealous of his father, then uh, effectively cosplaying his father briefly, and finally finding satisfaction in having replaced his father in in a particular transaction at the end of Ray Two, um, and and that is what the show is doing. The show is absolutely doing him, uh, you know, framing him in that in that showing that that's what his desire is. In the shot that you talked about before, yes. Danielle, and then in the scene we're about to go to, him literally putting on an object of clothing from his father, the, the, his father's glasses, and being like, "Oh, these are my dad's glasses." Uh, and then eventually we we see kind of a, a wrap back around that we'll get to in the next episode. Um, I think you're right that it's that it's sinister. I read that sinister. I read I read that that manipulation mostly coming from from Ritsuko. I I like to, I tend to read these characters such that there are characters who have access to the chessboard and who are playing the chessboard, and characters who are on the chessboard who do have a degree of autonomy, but who have already been played such that they are on paths that serve their their uh, player uh, their players interests right there's players playing chess and there's players who are pawns in auto chess one of the seven auto chess variants right. that have come out this week <laughs> you go. Um, uh, and I think Misato <laughs> is that yeah. latter right where where or th- th- I think that th- I read this scene as Misato being framed as someone who wants to continue to produce Shinji as a heteronormative man, as someone who she she sees that it would be good and healthy for him to pursue another girl or a girl sexually. That like, oh, you have a crush on her. You should lean into that. And that does do what I think you're saying, Rob, which is push him towards a certain type of being that is supposed to be about self-regulation. In her case, it's like, hey, if someone else can do any of the work of keeping this boy in this program, <laughs> good. But I, but I see something different in Ritsuko, who is like, here is a discreet thing. I'm uh, an order. I'm telling you, effectively, to go do this thing. And I think we continue to see that split between the, those two characters in the rest of these episodes. Um, and obviously, that come, partially comes down to who has direct access to Gendo and Gendo's larger kind of Machiavellian manipulations. I saw it as a very lipstick and dipstick thing, which. Three people. Can you can you expound? It was a column in Curve magazine, a lesbian magazine that was like lipstick does this and dipstick does this. It's like a very like butch femme mm. kind of weird, uh, kind of, not weird, but like a dynamic that is like very much uh, performed, and okay. like both people are in this performance and know what this performance is. Basically. Interesting. So you, there's like a, a kind of a two pronged. Yes operation on on creating Shinji as the pilot they want. That's how I read it. That's interesting. When I first saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, increasingly, and I, I watched the uh, five, six, and seven again. Like like I said, I watched it subbed, then I watched it dubbed. 
increasingly I feel like Misato kind of is halfway in on it and halfway yeah. is like, Jesus fucking Christ. She's definitely like, more in on oh, it than she lets on. We gotta save humanity. I hate this. Right. I don't like these tactics, but here I mean, we are. Give me another beer. Episode seven ends up really, <laughs> really leading into the fact that she's yeah. maybe more into it than she thinks, but also, or than she presents to Shinji, sure. but not as much still as some others are. So yeah. dinner's over. He goes to her house. Damn, bitch, you live like this. <laughs> um, that route, he, she, he, he goes into her. First of all, he's walking through part of town that has been effectively abandoned. That is. Looks like the Blade Runner house. It, it really end, does. A like bit, uh, yeah. completely abandoned uh, homes. The, the, let me tell you, uh, some conservative politicians are going to let you know that if you don't keep up your property values, <laughs> that you're inviting crime into your neighborhood. Uh, he climbs the stairs to her apartment building. Windows are broken. Uh, the the streets are deserted. He goes into her house. He, he tries the bell. The bell doesn't really buzz or ring as far as I can tell. He steps into her, her house, uh, her apartment, um, takes off his shoes, crosses the very dirty floor mat into her, her bedroom, her kind of main room. Um, and there are dirty, bloody bandages, bloody pillows, um, her her things are kind of I mean what things she doesn't have things she has a desk she has a bed uh, she has some clothes hanging up maybe yeah. drying um, and kind of does the pan over this and kind of like uh, takes it all in and then sees uh, a pair of glasses on the dresser and walks over and says are these hers and he then sees the picture too right? does he see the picture what's the what was the picture the picture is is it. Am I misremembering that there's a picture of Gendo? There's a picture on the, on I believe the you. Uh, dresser. I yeah, just don't yeah. remember it. Yeah, oh, yeah I, no I totally believe you. And he picks up the glasses and puts them on. Uh, and just as he does that, she comes out of the shower and sees him there. Um, and I think that these, I think that all of this is like, wow, these are some interesting, like, uh, uh, Legos, narrative Legos <laughs> that you could build <laughs> a really Levine good scene with. The but, then, yeah. but then the scene pivots and it becomes her being like, goes over, take, removes the glasses. He should not wear these glasses. These are not his glasses. He is not his father. And I don't know how the trip happens. There is no way there is enough force in the removal. You could pull these glasses off my face a thousand times and I would never trip on anyone and grab their boob. I think he's also holding the picture and she like tries Maybe. to grab. I don't know. Mm -hmm. There's some grabbing. Anyway, I went back yeah. like four <laughs> times being like, because I was sometimes taking notes, checking All Twitter, right. answering Mario Maker questions. Yeah. And like, it's like, did I, I missed something. Like, I just like panned over and like hand boob. And I'm like, excuse me. Also, what? <laughs> what? He trips in such a way that he opens the drawer filled with her panties. Mm hmm her pristine panties, the only clean thing. Yeah. All white. All white. All white. Which, is, in which the is all white, and her panties are a focal point for yes. episodes to come. Her putting on panties, clean white panties, everything else about her a mess, but clean white panties. Also, really high bra to panty ratio. Just oh, gonna yeah. say that. Oh, yeah. Like, uh -huh. nerve is taking care of its people, <laughs> is what I'm gonna say. No. Like, the, there, there are some benefits that come with that territory where it's like, yo, you can have one of these for like every day of the month. And 
Okay, cool. Awesome. So really, she's coming ahead of the deal. Uh-huh. Um, and he trips and falls and grabs her left breast or her right breast with his left hand. And she is like, can you move? And gets up and gets dressed or gets sort of dressed. And then before he can even say, I was here to give you your card, there's no discussion about what happened. There is no nothing. She's just blank out. She's just like, like it was incidental. Like, you know, you bump into a... The wall on the way of going down a hallway. Oops. Yep. Yeah. Uh, walks away. I, is there more that we want to say about this part of the sequence, or do we want to move on? Danielle? I do. Yes. Because there's so much TNA sex comedy stuff in this show. Mm-hmm. Thus far, again, up to seven episodes. It's goofy music. It's shots of breasts yeah. from, like, above, you know, like, very very teen um, point of view kinds of shots. But this sequence plays out... I, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be funny the no. way it plays out with like no music, just just room tone in terms of like. Because it's sound. also kind of traumatic, right? It oh, really yeah, is. Totally. Like it's it's really. But awkward. whose trauma is is centered there, right? right. Like, it, it is it because like Shinji like every time even the notion of like sex comes up, his like face goes red, and so like the the idea that he encounters a woman and has like th- this sort of encounter, like this is supposed to be. Scary for him because he's probably a virgin and has not been with a woman before. And then, or is it what happened to her, which is like a man just came into her apartment, faked a trip right. onto her, broke in, right? <laughs> right, like is going through her stuff yes. while she takes a shower. Like I just don't know what to take. Like it's like I like in some level, it's like I don't even know like what to be mad about because I don't even know what the scene is yeah. saying about anybody. Right. It just exists and is awkward, and I was so happy to move on because I didn't even know what to, the takeaway was. Well, I also think there's that moment of, like, Shinji starting to gawk, right? This is the, like, oh, I'm in a room with her. I can't stop. I'm going to try to look at her and sneak a peek as she's getting dressed. Yeah. Kato, what were you going to say there? Yeah. Uh, it, Kato's moving his chair around. It kind of feels like it's – yeah, sorry. It, it feels like it's a bad uh, usage of this trope, which mm-hmm. happens a lot in anime, to – try to somehow yeah. like reinforce the like she is like this weird like emotionless person to, to Shinji but it's like there's other ways that that has already been done in the series mm-hmm. and like this doesn't actually help that that from that angle. Wait, what's the trope? Can the, you trope the, the trope is literally tripping over and like hand boob on like a woman that happens in other anime like like it's a it's a trope. Like that specific thing of like tripping and like accidentally touching uh, uh, a woman in an inappropriate way, and like usually then then huh. it ends with the woman being like really uh, angry and slapping the man right. or things like uh, like there's a there's a reaction to it always, right. and then this there isn't. It's often right? a love interest. It's often you or know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. will they won't they will whatever they won't they. like, and like in this it like is doing that sequence that you that like people recognize and but it's like it doesn't yeah and again you Mm. could start to make arguments around this right could start to say like ah because you you remove the comedic catharsis of the scene you're left with the actual it's like it's like removing a laugh track from a sitcom (laughs) blah 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 blah, blah, to watch is a little bit and and i i've seen those arguments like this is this is that feels that feels reaching right you want to find an explanation for a scene that doesn't if that if that is supposed to be the take it doesn't it doesn't function in that way for me as a viewer right um it does it but I see how you I see how you get to someone trying to find that in a show that has been so 
dissected and that has moments, as we just discussed, where like it is doing commentary on sexuality and contextualizing the different reactions that um, di- different people are going to have to different circumstances at different points in their lives to the notion of like sex and attraction. But so then I could see why you'd be like, well, of course they did it here. Right. So they're going to, there's got to be something here. And I just, I, I can see why you can start building the argument, but then I feel like it's just a house of cards that just like falls apart really quickly. Just her, the way she's sort of like frozen and passive under him gave me, it reminded me a lot of the way Himamia is presented in Revolutionary Girl Utena. Mm-hmm. But that is a very knowing presentation where her passivity is sort of part of the character. But it hit the same uncomfortable buttons where it's just a, it is a noticeable lack of physical affect in the moment that is deeply uncomfortable to see in the scene. And like, in Utena, at least, when you see that, it is meant to be uncomfortable. Yeah. It is meant to sit really weirdly. There are reactions that uh, the, this character has that are meant to feel off and unsettling, like something is wrong, but you can't quite like put your finger on what. Here, it's like midway through the scene, they're just not sure what to do with it. And the entire like it makes the scene actually feel grosser. Like if it had gone the full all the way into the trope where, you know, she gets really high pitched and angry and there's a slapping, then at least, you know, okay, so we're in that shitty trope, but at least it's it's following the form instead it transitions back into kind of an important character beat, which is that he's not a person to her like, you know, he gets off her. She stands up and he starts trying to explain and then we don't even get her reaction because there's nothing to react to. Mm -hmm. Like she doesn't care this, you know, Patty, you said like it was, you know, she tripped over a piece of furniture. That's how she handles it. And we realize she left the scene when we hear the door shut. Mm -hmm. It is again, use of audio in this, in the show is really good, but like, he's just sort of babbling himself. And then you hear the latch and you realize that he's been talking to himself for at least like a minute here. And like this really like potentially important or slightly traumatic or awkward moment for him. Like she's very clearly like set a boundary where it's like, yeah, I don't think enough of you to work through this. There's nothing to work through. Or to even be embarrassed Um, or to even be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and it becomes a larger point of conversation and contention as the, not this particular scene, but the, her perspective on the world, um, is is the focal point of the next the rest of this episode and the next episode. They get back they get to HQ. She has her old card. It doesn't work. He swipes her in with a new Sh- card. Should we talk about the slap? Where's the slap? That happens I'm right remiss- before the cards. I'm, they're I'm, on the long escalator. Oh, I thought that came after this. Yeah, it, does, it? it comes right after the cards. Yeah, it comes after the card. They're both on an escalator. They, Sorry. She swipes yeah. he's yeah, yeah, he swipes her in. They get onto the escalator. Gotcha, gotcha. And he says, I'm sorry about before. She's like, nothing happened. Like they're about yeah. what? Nothing happened. But what does what does, you know, make her respond um is that he says, uh she, he says, Aren't you afraid of everything? Aren't you afraid of this? Like no. trying to find that connection. She says, like, why would I be afraid? Um, don't you have faith in your father and your father's plans? And he's like, no, <laughs> like <laughs> my dad fucking sucks. Yep. Yeah. Like the most incredulous reaction we've gotten from the, him so yeah, far in the, the story. The most honest reaction. Where you got like a little bit of a glimpse of like how he actually feels about his father. And you as the audience are also like, yeah, yeah, no shit. <laughs> yes. And she's like, I'm with you, yeah. brother. And she slaps him across the face. Um, uh, does she have a particular line here? Does she basically say, 
don't talk about him like that or, or something like it's that? Something or is like there that. a? I should have written down that the dialogue and I did not. Um, is this the end of that trope? I, I guess I'm thinking about that now that you're saying that this is a, right. This like that type yeah. of scene is a trope, but it usually ends right away with a slap right, and like, like an angry reaction. A, and this right. is saying like, like it's like, where Ray's reaction falls versus that versus the normal trope right. or the whatever the, the way right, that right. usually yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess didn't know you could it was a trope. That. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess you could make that. You could make that case, right? Like there is an extension of that sequence, right? That that if the if the capital letter marking the beginning of a sentence is the trip, then the punctuation at the end is and the punctuation at the end is a slap. Normally, it's a very short sentence. But yes. Here, it's really extended, and the cause for the slap is completely changed, yeah. right? Which is totally. which is about a a repudiation of a particular type of masculinity that she has that she has loyalty towards and affection towards, right? Um, that he has nothing, he's not like that person at all. Right. How dare he even even pretend <laughs> to be able to, to have the, the uh, right to shit talk Gendo. Yeah. Um, we get then, at that point, we get the second test. Hey, it works. Um, she's, able to, she's able to reactivate unit zero. Um, and just then, we get the cool fucking, the coolest angel of them all, Ramiel, the the floating diamond in the sky coming across the ocean. Um, the and no man's sky. Yeah, the no man's sky <laughs> diamond shows up over, over the ocean outside Tokyo 3, and we end the episode um, before anyone can do anything else, right? Yeah. Or no, we get the actual. Yeah. I love this ending. This ending is actually my favorite ending here. It's the one that I sent you all the clip of. It's right. the only right. time yes. that I actually felt upset about the missing the song. So right. in the original release, mm, so in the original release, the end song was "Fly Me to the Moon," the, the kind of American jazz standard, um, uh, and in the DVD, a cover, a cover of it. And in the DVD release, there were 26 different covers. Every episode ends with a different cover of that song. Um, they're not wildly different covers. Sure. It's not like on this episode, it's like a hard rock cover. And on this episode, <laughs> there's like a crooner. It's a bunch of different, like slightly different covers, basically. Um, but, excuse me. But this episode ends with them quickly being like, all right, Shinji, get in the fucking Ava. We're going to launch you up there and you are going to like fight this thing like normal. And they launch it and you like you're looking at the Netflix, you're looking at the the time like <laughs> there's a minute left dog. <laughs> he ain't winning this fight that quick. He goes up and then instantly Ramiel, the angel like uh, uh, charges up a huge attack, charges up a bunch of heat, and then sh preemptively shoots uh, Ava Unit 1 in the chest. Just Through a building. Through a building. Melts the building. <laughs> yeah. Melts the center of, of Unit 1. And again, Shinji has one of these incredible screams. And then it cuts to the credits, which in Netflix is just some piano song. I'm sure it's a, a real song that people know, but it is just like nothing compared to the Fly Me to the Moon cut. Um, I yeah. made everyone watch. I I <laughs> I like very, very uh, uh, Jerry rigged together a video that would show what it was supposed to sound yeah. like. Um, but I love the, the bit end that of this. I love that I noticed when you did that. Actually, yes. uh, the screen carries through the cut to the continue. It does. It doesn't cut one when You're it, right. it's 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 till yeah. fly me to the moon starts is when it, he he stops screaming. He stops screaming totally. <laughs> so good. God, the way the building just evaporates when that thing fucking shoots. Yeah. Is great. The shot of Shinji inside of the like the orange uh, liquid 
Uh, and it's boiling and it's around him. Boiling like, around oh, him. Fuck. It sucks, dude. Yeah. Um, That's rough. Uh, yeah, it's great. Great cliffhanger ending to go into another really good episode. Let's take another quick break. I actually have to run to the bathroom, yeah, me too. and then we'll <laughs> come back and talk about these last two episodes, and we'll be done with our first disp- our first second dispatch, the second children yes, episode, second second impact, the second impact, second impact. <laughs> the second impact oh, of Ava. So, uh oh, we'll be right <laughs> oh, back. No. That's a good pod title. <laughs> Decisive battle in Tokyo 3. It's so fucking good. Decisive battle in Tokyo 3. Weird 007 theme. It is. It is. You know that, right? What? You know this, Patrick. Is that a bit you're doing or is that... No, it's, it's, oh. it's a bit... I, hmm, excuse me. Uh, I, right, unit surprised. What? Y'all don't know this? All right, so... Can you? Can I link you things, Kato? Yeah, sure. Uh, that's okay, and you can play them. We can all hear them. Is that a thing we can do, or do we all have to, we have to time it? Uh, we'd have to time it on there. Well, we're gonna have to time it. Okay, yeah, for well, us, yeah. that's fine. So, the name of the song that we were just singing was "Decisive Battle." Good. Um, which is a dope song. Yeah. Uh, so, can I just get? Can I just get the song, please? I'm begging you. All <laughs> please, right. please. All right. So. <laughs> All right, so go get ready to play this. And you're recording this also? Yeah. All right. Three, two. Uh, zero. Yeah, starting at zero. Three, two, mm-hmm. one, go. Hold on. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, restart, restart, restart. <laughs> Rob's just, Rob just kept going. I can't even see Rob. Rob is not on the screen anymore for us, so I have no idea. Wait, what? What? Oh, right. They disappeared. Yeah, I have, to build, I have to pull this over. Okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Are Let's we actually go. We ready? Got, it's... I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. Didn't pick up on this. In the well, so. So. Play this for like 10 seconds, maybe, Kato. Yeah. Actually, let's get to the... Yeah, that's good. All right, so now uh, play this song from From Russia With Love, 007 Takes the Lector, spelled L-E-K-T-O-R. Uh, everyone get ready to, to listen to this together. Tell me when you're... I mean, there's an advertisement. Oh, I gotta watch the State Farm commercial. Okay, well, <laughs> like a good neighbor. Uh, I have State Farm. Starbucks commercial that starts with some s'mores, and I had Ooh. such good s'mores when I was on vacation. Oh, nice. Mm. I right. really raised my game. <laughs> from Russia with Love, 007 uh-huh. takes the lector. Three, two, one, go. Just wait. Just wait. Uh, Just wait. What? What? <laughs> uh huh. It's from 1963. Uh, Willowville uh, in the in the in the in the chat in the comments three years ago. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to initiate third impact. Okay. <laughs> Everyone has to, like, not look at the comments because there's spoilers there. Jump in the middle real quick, Kato, just for us. Yeah. You don't have to... Like here? Yeah, like there. Let's say. Wait for it. It's just... It's, yeah. There's a lot of it in here. Uh, so, yeah, that's... 
that's kind of where <laughs> that song. It's a it's a <sighs> mm, it's a little dis- mm, it's a slight rearrangement. Okay. I don't think I don't think that the uh the composer of this song was necessarily uh uh credited for for his work. <laughs> gotcha. Uh again gotcha. that artist's name is John Barry. Oh, God forbid somebody use a music track 30 years after a movie came out and something I, else. Yes. I know. Well, it's like, rad. Is, it's what great. a great era, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. No, like, totally. it's like okay, 30 years I'm going to sample this. Yep. This is <laughs> all these comments. It's more than a sample. It's more than a sample. Anyway. There, but there's just such a deep irony for, like, the, like, controlling nature of, like, Japanese, like, OSTs to then mm. have something like that uncredited is just, there's a beautiful irony in it. There is a beautiful irony. Decisive battle in Tokyo 3, also known as Ray 2, the angel. Ramiel has arrived. It is a giant diamond floating in the sky. Yes, the no man's sky. The no man's sky. Um, uh, Shinji is in the hospital. Uh, Ava, unit one, is fucked up. Shinji is fucked up. Um, And the angel has a mission. And that mission is to drill into the middle of Tokyo 3 to break through the shields of the Geo Lock, Geo Fort, Geo Fort, whatever the fuck it was called. I said it earlier. Uh, and to breach Nerve HQ. Um, Geo Front. Front. That's what it's called, the Geo Front. Uh, Nerve estimates it'll be there in a few hours. Um, I think this is the moment that we get the incredible. Yawny background officer. Oh, you know what? I'm skipping over pretty important stuff here, which is there's a huge contrast in the way Ray is treated when her pod gets ejected and Gendo sprints over, obviously. Right. I'm skipping over because it was like, yeah, this is what was going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, Shinji gets ejected. It's not that people don't care about him or, or whatever. They do. They go to, you know, people go to get him out. But it's a it's a whole collection of people. No one person makes a big heroic heroic uh, action. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, Misato goes, oh no, Shinji. Like they they take the right they take the right steps to to save him and to bring him out of the the pod. But it is not like Gendo is nowhere to be found. <laughs> I think he might be out actually in, in this moment. Even I, I don't. He's doing he's doing commander stuff. You're right. Yeah, yeah. of course. Well, that's course. why Misato actually is in charge. She is basically yes. the officer on deck. For yes, this totally. entire like crisis. Um, which is part of why I she love her. She should be the whole time. She yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Um, the the angel is coming. Uh, Misato runs a couple of quick like test things. She puts up like a, a dummy, a decoy Ava, which just gets obliterated, and then she shoots at it from a, a very accurate balloon of some sort that looks just. How do you? You just have them. What's wrong? <laughs> this is like a weird. There's a weird. I thought it was a hologram, but I guess no, not. It's, a it's a balloon. balloon. Um, in yeah, mm-hmm. at some point in the Gundam series. They start using those balloons in like original yeah. Gundam Zeta, Gundam Double Zeta, Shars uh, Counterattack era, and it's the goofiest shit. And it's the thing that did not stick around in mech <laughs> anime. They're like, "What if we just deployed thirty different balloons that all look like the Gundam? Like, stop it, stop it, stop it!" Um, also, I've never seen a balloon look that accurate. It's so accurate. It's just <laughs> the Ava. They should have just made. That's a why purple I thought it was a hologram. They should have made a purple and green wavy tube man. Yeah, I don't know. It could be an Ava. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Then the angel immediately becomes less impressive, though. You're right. If it's a fucking like, uh, like car dealership, like, uh, like spaghetti yeah. arms thing, yeah. and the and the angel's just like, oh, I'm gonna light that thing up. Fuck, what like, if it just didn't. doesn't know? What if it was just like, mm, scan? No. Nah, President's good. Day is not for sales. President's Day is for remembering our heritage. Um, 
the angel devastates the balloon and then destroys a uh, <laughs> siege mortar. <laughs> yes, a, a, a mortar, a siege mortar from like 12 kilometers away or some, some particular distance away. And Misato has an idea uh, in the way that chess, that, that grandmaster chess players have an idea. She's like, aha, wait a second. Um, we get Shinji, you know, recovering slowly. Um, but we also get Misato figuring out a plan. Uh, there's this great sequence where is she speaking to she's again Gendo was gone here but she's talking to like Ritsuko and some like other commander types um, and she is like hey I checked with the Magi which again just like <laughs> throw it off world building love it what what the this three is, supercomputers the three supercomputers of three supercomputers of course that don't always agree they don't always agree. We're in a minority report situation That's here. That's what I can <laughs> That's where we are, about. Daniel. I was like, where's the interface? That's where's right. the cruise? What's the deal? What's going on here? Sato just He's doing the minority all. report shit. Exactly. I'm starting to feel there's like some Christian themes in this show. Oh, oh, oh no. Really? Just, there's, there's like some subtext. Like, have you noticed that like oh, her plus magi. earrings look a little bit like crosses? <laughs> it's true. I had to put it together. Um, one of the three Magi supercomputers, uh, it's like two of them say it's a good idea, and one of them has like says like conditionally good. Um, and that plan is a good plan, and it's we're gonna shoot it with a fucking energy sniper rifle from real far away. <laughs> yeah, I didn't quite get the plan. Okay, like, as I'm like, I okay, was, so. Like, Here's the deal. War, yeah. war Rob here. here Commander Rob. Here we go. Okay. So here's the problem they're facing right here is that what they've been relying on the Avas on for is close quarters combat. And the Avas are the things that are able to pierce the AT fields around the angels. And so the entire strategy has been you send an Ava up to kick an angel's ass. And that's not going to work this time because the thing has like instant target acquisition and firing the minute you enter its, uh, you know, its area of its zone of control, basically. So they need to break an AT field from longer than an Ava's effective range, but an Ava is the only weapon they have that can do it. So you need to find something else that can break an AT field. How are you going to do that? And the answer here is both goofy and funny, but also like in terms of the logistics required to like, you understand why this is not a solution they've hit on before. I fucking love it so much. It's really good. This is like, so this is, this is probably my favorite episode of this set. Um, uh, partially because. You need to watch Shin Godzilla. <laughs> I know, I do. This I really episode do. is literally that oh, entire fucking, movie. Okay, we should. And all... they even use that song. Right, it's decisive like... battles in that yeah, movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So, so one thing is just to talk about the song we played before. Decisive battle is playing throughout this whole episode very quietly, and it's looping just the drum parts. Basically, we don't right. get the horn or the strings that you hear when you listen to the song. Just like when you go to Spotify and pull it up, you'll hear that stuff right away. But it's just those like boom, 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 over and over again. In fact, I think you even hear some of it in the beginning of the end of the last episode. And just the tension is building and building and building. Misato lays out her plan, which is we're going to get a sniper rifle. We're going to give it to one of the Avas. Uh, it's going to shoot from further away than the kind of like active. It's not the sensor range, but yeah, like the, the kind of target acquisition space of the of, of Ramael, the the uh, angel that they're fighting. Um, but the problem is the only one of those that's available that has the range and power that they need to breach the AT field is one a, a Japanese a special you know self defense force uh, thing which they have to requisition. Great sequence oh, of her yes. being like, "Yeah, motherfucker, 
motherfucker. I got the paperwork right here. Your big super gun is my big super gun. Um, and two, they need to power it. It's a positron rifle that if it can't be powered by the Avas themselves, it has to be powered by something. And the thing in question that has enough power is Japan, is the country of Japan. Japan herself. Is Japan herself, is the entirety of the Japanese power grid. Um, and so the stuff that I love in this whole episode so much is I, like it, it, you know, if that last episode we talked about the ways in which the trope of the like I fall on your body and then I touch your boob and then you slap me, that that was extended. Mm -hmm. This is taking a truth that is always constricted or that is always true and extended and is constricting it, is pulling it in, which is all nations are always being tapped for their war efforts, right? All nations are always being taxed. The power grid is being uh, redirected. But what they do is they go, it's going to get redirected all at once at one night. We're going to shut down the country so that we can fire this gun a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and the way that that stuff is shot throughout the episode is so good. Um, I, I mean, in general, some of the best stuff in Ava, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, is its filmmaking, is yeah. its cinematography, is its use of editing. Um, and and for me, the way that the, the country is shot during uh. all of this, the way the trucks are lined up one to the next, um, carrying, you know, either battery packs or connected to the the power grid, the ways in which like the power lines are smoking, they're like trying to push so much energy through them. All of that stuff, which is kind of intermittent throughout the 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 episode, is just like so it communicates such a sense of of that particular place in that particular time as the whole country is like all right, getting ready to not have any power overnight. Yeah. The news reports going out. We get a couple of those news reports basically saying from from you know uh, uh, from midnight tonight until dawn, no power. We're getting rid of it. Got to use it for something. Don't worry about it, people. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking back to Patrick's earlier comment of like, all right, does no one wonder why the fuck there's going to be a national <laughs> power outage? Huh, weird. How, is no one going to wonder why like a beam is going to pass through the air from the south of Mount Fuji into a into a whole like a neighboring community? Yeah, I, you, know, you know. Well, don't half of these people live in the city that kind of goes underground? Sometimes a lot of them do, but it's but not like, everybody. If you right? look up where Tokyo Three is and like how far away that shot is coming from, I feel like some people might have seen it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I believe you, Rob. Well, or someone's going to just go. You know, the two teenagers ended up. In an in an Ava, so it's like just you know this is an Area Fifty One. There's no there's not even any fences up. Just <laughs> no. like climb up that mountain and like go check it out. That's what Kensuke yeah. does, uh, literally. So, so I mean, two things here. Uh, one is that I just dropped it into the chat. There's this great when she says yeah. when uh, oh. Masato says we're going to power it with all of Japan. She whirls and has oh. this look on her face that again, it's an endearing moment. She, it's her sort of mad scientist moment, Dude, it's but at the same time, again, is a reminder mm -hmm. that like Masato loves this shit. She loves it. Like she lives she's for sweet. It. She's goofy, but also she's like, I'm going to harness the entire po the entire power output of a nation state and use it to shoot the shit shoot out of this bullets. fucking angel. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Uh, you're right. right. It's it, terrifying, right? Like she has been while she she's has having a roof cracked open by the Mexions. <laughs> right. Yep. Like yes. why she and her buddy are just like. Also, you don't get like we got the paperwork, but actually, fuck you. I've got a mech. We're just gonna carry so this out. We're just gonna. <laughs> Yeah, we're yeah. going to move it. Five-figure discount. Um, <laughs> um, the other aspect of, like, people not knowing, like, shouldn't 
shouldn't people be figuring this out? This does remind me of like things I'm reading about Japan during World War II because so much of the fighting was happening uh, sort of at the margins of what was then sort of the, the Japanese empire uh, that for a while they were able to control the news a great deal. But the other part of it was there's kind of a willful disbelief that like even in that sort of controlled environment, uh, you had people realizing that things were not going well, that mm. the wars were costlier and bloodier and the odds were longer than they were being uh, – than it was being publicly stated. And yet you kind of had this pretense in Japan throughout the 40s before the American bombers got within range that you believed the official story even though nobody really did. Um, and so this is just something that like – I've been reading about like sort of profound alienation soldiers would have coming back on like rotations through the home islands because everyone kind of knew things were fucked, but also there was this kind of double think that you encounter in slightly authoritarian societies where it's, we kind of know what's up, but yeah. we're going to pretend we don't because boy, does that, then you have to do something about it. <laughs> then you have to confront that and that sucks. And I kind of, I, I think there's a lot of elements about like, people's relationship to officialdom and the nation uh, in this. But I think sort of this this large pretense that they are not under massive alien attack uh, certainly fits with that. I think it's it's sort of a, it's a goofiness, but I actually think it's kind of an effective uh, storytelling device here, too. Totally. And I think one of the ways that we get that is actually and, and we kind of get a better glimpse of the fact that so many people are involved in this effort are all of these shots of infrastructure of people loading things into into dollies and people working on computers uh, this is the episode where i was so frustrated that we were not getting complete translations of mm. the on-screen subtitles like the the, the on-screen text that right. appears even in the japanese version where it's naming certain places sometimes we do some like it's not even consistent because like there's a point at which we do see um we do see shinji in the hospital and it says central hospital surgical ward number three but plenty of other shots like a dozen other shots we don't get the translation and it just bums me out because like i want that rapid fire information i, like, I don't care where they are necessarily but i wanted that impact of being like you know you know the third district munitions dump the you know second floor you know high energy lab or whatever the fuck it said because that is part of the effect that they're trying to call into your mind is like look at all of these moving parts that one person that misato my queen has called into <laughs> into her uh into her plan uh this is also where my note says misato rules she's brilliant we're getting married our registry is just an envelope you put 20 bucks into thanks so <laughs> welcome it. to my millennial wedding um i'm just buying a six-pack you know what? She'd be happy with that. I'd be happy. Actually, can you get can you get two? Nine two. Of beer. <laughs> get two. Um, so sorry, I wound up on the battle of, battle of Yashima because she calls this Operation Yashima, which is a, a famous Japanese historical battle from the twelve hundred or eleven hundreds. Um, she goes about all this. We get we come back to Shinji, uh, recovering in the hospital, and. Uh, I guess we get some more key details. Like there are actually key details in all of the kind of like montage stuff. Those key details. One, um, Gendo approves of the plan. Two, um, the raise go raise job is 
to protect unit unit zero is to protect unit one. Ray is to protect Shinji. And the way she's going to do that is she has a shield that has yep. been coated that can hold back the, the energy beam from the angel for 17 seconds. It's also her job, and in this case, I'm coming back to Rob's note before of the kind of manipulative, sinister, uh, uh, kind of um, almost matchmaking happening here. She is set to retrieve Shinji from the hospital. Right. Right? Um, He is conscious and naked and barely covered and gets very embarrassed because she almost sees his junk, but not really. Uh, and she is like, which is now becoming like a reoccurring theme in this yep. series. Oh yeah, it is absolutely. Um, she shows up and is like, "Here's a new outfit for you to wear. <laughs> put these clothes on. Put this this suit we're on." We're leaving at eighteen hundred. Right, whatever. we're leaving yeah. at eight, here's here's the rundown. We're leaving at eighteen hundred. We meet up with uh, Misato and, and Ritsuko at eighteen thirty. We go and deploy at the mountain. Blah 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 blah. Um, and. He is like, I don't want to. I don't want to pilot the Ava. And she's like, all right, I'll pilot it. And then leaves. Uh, and is like, all right. Okay. And then, and then of course, we, I guess that's when we get the shot of Toji and uh, Kensuke climbing out all, like with some other friends of theirs or like some other schoolmates on top of the building at, at, during dusk looking out at like the skyline and being like yeah. I think this is <laughs> actually Kensuke says I hacked my dad's computer yeah, that's uh-huh. right. uh, and this is when the fight is supposed to happen as if he's like hacked into the neighbor's like pay-per-view <laughs> right um, uh, and they're like setting up to shoot to, to, to you know take footage of, of what is supposed to happen in a moment um, and uh, Ramiel is drilling, and then finally we get a, a, a really strong sequence where again there's some incredible lighting work going on up on. We kind of follow this this line of, of uh, trucks that are part of the power supply up the hill, back and forth, and, and back again on these these kind of diagonal highways. And at the top is this really harshly lit um, sequence where we see the Ava like picking up the gun. Uh, or like holding the gun in place, I guess. And it's shot with like purple and white light. Yeah. And there are these moments of just like complete high contrast, black silhouettes, like so, so harshly lit that the sh- the silhouettes are bleeding into the white in one of the shots. Um, uh, and Misato goes over what the operation is one more time. Ray, you know, is explained, explained to her again or explained to Shinji, I guess, hey, Ray is going to defend Shinji. Shinji is the one who gets to take the shot because... Shinji has a higher synchronization rate with Ava Unit 1 than Ray does with Unit 0. Important thing to keep in mind going forward. Um, And Shinji is like, I have never shot a sniper rifle before. How am I supposed to do this? Because the the thing that she's being, or the thing that that she's telling him to do is like incredibly difficult. Like, oh, you have to account for the gravitational force of the Earth because positron shots don't just go straight. You have to like think about the way the horizon and the magnetic field bend. The like, all right, all right, cool. Um, Ray and Shinji go up to the top. They're about to get in their mechs. It's like it almost looks like a wait. There's something important there. I feel like. Is it the thing that they're about to say? What's the thing I'm missing? No, no, no. About the, about the gravitational pull and, like, making this shot? Yeah. Is that Ritsu- Ritsuko explains Probably. that the machine will do that? Like, you just need right. to pull it. You just oh, need to right, pull right, it. Right. Um, it is that, but it isn't exactly that. Right. Right? It's like, don't worry. I, I always felt, I kind of felt, I read that as being, like, a little hand wavy. 
of like the machine's going to do a lot of it. I also felt like other people were involved in a lot of that shit based on the way we saw other computer like people at computers yeah. doing tracking and like preparing data and stuff. Um I feel like the shot itself was is mostly like the onboard like targeting computer. Right. And the the yeah, all the other people is like getting that thing even charged, right. which is right. the actual right. that makes sense. lift here. That makes sense. <laughs> so, Shinji and Ray are up on it reminds me just of like Either a diving board uh, or like a launch pad, like a as if they're about to board the space shuttle. Not the space shuttle. Oh yeah, the space shuttle. Like yeah. any any sort of rocket. The gantry. Like a ga- yeah, a gantry. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Daniel. No problem. Um, and Shinji says, like, hey, like, you know, I hope I hope this goes well. I'm really scared. And Ray's like, you're gonna be fine. And she's like, why? And she's like, I'm gonna protect you, obviously. Um, and. He asks her, why do you do this? And she says, because I don't have anything else. Like, why are you so fearless in this? And her response is, like, this is the only thing I have that connects my link. That is the word she Mm -hmm. says. This is my link. And Shinji goes to Gendo. And she says, to everything, to everyone. Like, this is all I have. Um, I don't have anything else in my life. And then she's like... Stands in front of a moon because uh, for all of its like really cinematic stuff, sometimes it's just anime. It's just a lady (laughs) in front of a moon with a butt. Telling a boy about not to be scared. Don't be scared. And then also like, bye. Farewell. Farewell. Yeah. (laughs) Some ominous shit. Um, And then the end of this this episode, this whole like sequence is so fantastic. They both get in the mech. um, uh, Sorry. Yes. Please. Really quick thing about the, the the that that scene. It feels like it's uh again playing with the another anime trope of like the uh don't worry, I'll protect you oh, thing yeah. where like but the reasoning here is different than usual, right? Like usually it's like because you're my friend, you're my like friend. I'm gonna take care of you're you. You're my Nakama. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nakama means friend, but, but in a sense that's not translatable. Yeah, so you have to gotcha. just You have Nakama to use the word Nakama. In, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that's the, Yeah, that's the... We're losing but, Patrick, people. Uh-huh. We are losing Patrick. <laughs> Don't worry. The, like, geometric kaiju is here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they get in their mechs, and they set up to take the shot. The targeting computer lines it up. Shinji goes. Sniper rifle has cartridges, by the way. It doesn't. It's not cartridges. They're fuses. Okay, but it has a it has a bolt action, my, it has my a, man. Yeah. It like, has a bolt action that loads fuses in, yeah. and the fuses burn out after every shot. Fucking, it's great. It's so good. It's so good. It's so really good. good. <laughs> Rob is kissing the sky. Um, the at this point, Ramiel is like drilling, drilling, drilling. Breaks just about to break through the geo front. Lines up the shot, pulls the trigger, and the Ramiel shoots at the same time, and the beams hit in the middle. And nothing happens because anime is great, uh, and everyone goes into like like um, uh, what, what's the mode I'm thinking of? Just like uh, crisis mode, I guess. And it's like we gotta get it. okay. Start charging the second shot. Uh, Se- how much? How long was it like 17 seconds or something like yeah. that? Yeah, exactly right because because Ray can block for 17 seconds. Um, and she's getting in place. She's getting ready. The, the thing is charging up. Reloads the thing again. Shoots again. And we get this incredible sequence of Ray's shield slowly melting, her Ava 
like completely melting and boiling the metal, the, the plastics are completely boiling it's like wax. It's like yeah. wax. The two shots like dodging past each other um, in a really cool way. And uh, the the Ava shot pierces through Ramiel, which slowly begins to fall through the city. And then there is this, and then Misato goes like, we did it. And Ramiel's floating and then it hard cuts, the like the victory music stops. And then it's just Unit Zero slamming to the ground, like violently and without any sort of like, uh, hurrah, like, just like, boom, done, on the ground. And at that point, Shinji, like, reaches out, grabs the cockpit from it, grabs the the kind of, uh, uh, you know, escape pod thing, um, hops out and runs down. And, like, we have what I'm so curious what people think about this moment. Like, this is what I'm trying to, like, sprint to this moment, which is when he rips the plug, the, the, the door off the entry plug, just like Gendo did, and opens the door and sees her. And she's fine, basically. Um, she's and a little sweaty. She's, she's a little okay. sweaty. She's fine. You know, she did her job. And he's like in tears and is like, never stop being emo. <laughs> he's like, don't say stuff like you don't have anything. Don't say stuff like farewell. Like I before we go on a mission, like uh, you have things We're like here. And she's like, well, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> and Shinji says, like, you should <laughs> smile more. <laughs> Basically, yep. you can start. Um, yeah, and she you catches, can start by smiling. You can start yep. by smiling, and she catches a, a view of him and is reminded of Gendo in the same pose. And then she brings on the smile, and the whole thing makes my skin crawl so bad. Yep. The whole thing. <laughs> that's, a, that's a thing. That's a trope in culture. Yeah. Well, do you want to talk more about women it? To smile, but even the whole thing, right? Oh, like, all of it. Yeah. Every every part of it. And also the fact that, like, at this point, I don't know what happens. At this point, we don't know if t- content warning, I guess, but we don't know if anything improper is happening between her and Gendo. Like, right. we just don't know. Well, like, are you asking that because it feels like they're, it that feels energy like is in the room? She feels has weird. that kind of energy towards Gendo, certainly. And he sure went through heroics to do, you know, the sort of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the mirror image of this. So there's... When I was watching it, I was just like, first of all, I didn't know how old she was. And sure. second of all, I was just like, what the fuck? All right. Okay. I, we know what Shinji wants. I think what Shinji wants is is relatively simple and relatively, you know, straightforward in this presentation. But I don't know what's going on with her and Gendo. And that's yeah. all I could think about yeah. in this moment was like that. And also they're having this whole gender role thing going on, which is really <sighs> awkward and Brief aside, I promise will be extremely brief. I watched RoboCop all the way through for the first time. And there's a scene in RoboCop where Lewis, the woman officer, is, like, teaching RoboCop to shoot again and, like, Mm. realign his laser to, like, shoot properly. And all I could think about was also that, that, like, but but in in RoboCop, it didn't feel like this weird, like fucked up gender thing happening it was but like they were like sh- bros like they, right. they're like officer officer bros like but here where it's like shinji with a giant sniper rifle yeah and, and she's her like job protecting is to like, him yeah, with yeah, a yeah. shield and it's a, it's a whole ass thing and like mm-hmm. oh he gets to do it because he has better synchronicity mm. but he's also been doing this last time like God. there's a whole bunch of stuff just, going on there i want with everyone <laughs> i want everyone on this podcast to revisit this podcast when we're done with the show and, oh boy! Oh and, boy! And know some of the perspectives that you will. Ha- oh, mm, mwah, can't wait. Um, <laughs> any other thoughts at the end of this episode and this whole sequence and and everything happening here? 
any other big. I, I just find it hard to uh, even outside of like the really complicated like gender politics of of like the exchange. Like I just found it hard to buy. Like I didn't know what either character was going for in the scene. Um, it felt like deeply performative in a way that I didn't buy what Shinji was saying, and I didn't buy what what Ray was saying because on some level I don't know where these characters situationally are mm-hmm. right now. Like Shinji is doing a lot of trying to fit in, and so how much of it is fitting in is coming from a place of this is what you're supposed to say mm-hmm. or this is what I want to say, and Ray is like at the beginning of like whatever. Like, it seems like Shinji is potentially unlocking some of that for her. But, like, what does that unlocking even mean? Does it mean it's just, oh, right, okay, I need to start acting this way in front of people? Or is it that either of them is is truly looking for – like, I just don't – like, this is, like – again, all that other stuff makes it feel gross. But, like, even if I separate all that stuff and, like, try and, like, take what the scene is uh, uh, theoretically going for, I just didn't buy the the thrust of it and found it to be – what is clearly supposed to be like a deeply moving moment, like a, a touching, a, a, a real big touchstone in the arc, emotional arc of these characters, I, it just did absolutely nothing for me. Rob, shaking your head. Yeah, it. Yeah, it was super forced. I hated this. Uh, I thought his like I can sort of buy that he would be really upset and emotionally like overwrought at this moment, but again. It does feel like we are skipping ahead a little. Like they had fast forward on this relationship development that like was underway as they've spent more time together, but now we're like he's in tears over her. And then the other thing is there's this entire framing where oh she just needed to hear like somebody tell her you know hey smile and like you know you've got people in your life who care about you and like don't freak us out about like how you're doing like one i'm not actually certain that you've diagnosed that she has an actual problem like right. this is this is the other part like there are clearly issues with ray there are clearly particularly like when it comes to just how she's able to do her job right there are clearly like within the fiction of the ava program there are clearly Issues between her and her machine, and those probably do, just in the rules of this universe, have something to do with what's going on in her emotional terrain. But at the same time, the thing they haven't made a case for is that Rey is in some way dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have time for her co-workers. She has no interest in Shinji. That doesn't mean anything's wrong with her, but this entire scene only makes sense through the lens of he is going to save her in some way. He is going to reach out and emotionally connect with her, and immediately we're in a bad... Two broken people are going to fix one another. Yeah. (laughs) It is... is, And then when it gets rocky, they should have a kid. Uh, No. (laughs) But... (laughs) It is super interesting. It's bad pop song territory. So, it is so interesting for... I, I think, Kato, look at me real quick. Yeah. Are we on the same wavelength with this scene? Yeah, I think we okay. are. <laughs> Which is that, like, I can't... It's so hard to know what is my... I'm rewatching the show, right? And so for me, when I see her see Gendo in Shinji, and then her posture changes so dramatically, like like a sleeper cell agent, I ha- I read that as a very sinister moment, an intentionally sinister moment, a moment at which she is being played, whether she wants to be played or not. Um, that that is nothing about that seems sincere to me, and uh, and it, but instead of but instead of landing as flat for me, it lands as like 
oh shit. Yeah. Like, and I haven't, again, I haven't watched a series in a decade long, longer since college. So 12, 13 years. Um, and so like, there's a degree to which it's like, am I projecting stuff that I know factually about that sequence? But I, when I uh, specifically the ways in which the most, again, the most generous reading of this entire arc is Shinji is being pushed to be a particular type of masculine. And that masculine is like his father. Um, and his father has one particular space where he's allowed to be emotional and it's towards Ray and he replicates that. And like a password, it works. Right. Um, and it feels bad. I'm with you that it feels bad. I, I, I think it's intentional. Whether it works on the long run, I think is a completely different thing. But again, this is one of those series that I'm so curious about y'all coming back to or thinking about these moments specifically as, as stuff develops. Um, because I think at this point in the show is where I'm still like, I can see them putting, in the, putting the, the blocks together to try to make some big plays that they go for a little bit later. That episode ends, um, and we go into our final episode for this week, which is like a kind of fun side story in some ways. It's clearly doing some more world-building stuff, yeah. but uh, episode uh, – Ava, episode seven um, – what was it? The the works of man is what I have yes. written down. Is that right? Yeah. Um, or a human creation or a human work? A human work. A human work. Yeah. Um, this one might be my favorite of the bunch. Yeah? Do you want to talk I about it a little really, bit? What's the, what, why? Why is it – I just really enjoyed – both that it's kind of Misato focused it so and is. it's her being a woman of action. It's yeah. her first she like playing rolls. a role and then being like action ass <laughs> captain. Yep. And I love her. And so that already did it for me. Oh, and also it's doing a lot of fun things on the sort of geopolitical scale. Yes. Like, okay, who's actually holding what cards here? It's sort of showing you a little tiny bit of that, which I really enjoyed. Totally. So I've watched this you. one twice because I, I liked it. So I really much. liked it a lot. It was yeah. like, it's such a nice release after yeah, them too. focusing so much on some of the most fraught material in the show. Um, also, my very first note here, because it opens with Gendo on the phone talking about how, like, right. yeah, I falsified that data. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Things are going to continue as planned. My note is, hey, Gendo, why you got occult glyphs all over your office, homie? <laughs> His office is just a big desk in the middle of a huge glowing room with, like, ancient arcana scrawled on the floor and ceiling. Yeah. My guy's office is a Destiny Grimoire card. What <laughs> is happening? Yep. Um... Uh, then, then back in Misato's apartment, it's, it's music time, it's breakfast, it, there's a, some toast, uh, and Misato wakes up, and she wants a beer, and Shinji's she friends are here. She does the beer scream really well oh, right she here, does. too. She it's really does. She really does. Um, and we get, you know, Shinji going off with his friends, but he doesn't want his friends to see Misato when she's, like, half-dressed, quote-unquote, and Shinji out here just telling him to smile, telling him to put on more clothes. I swear. Kind of wanted to, to punch him also. Oh, yeah. Like his friend. You know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, it is it is parent, like, teacher day at school. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wish we'd gotten more of parent teacher day, but instead all we got was the horny teens looking out the window and being like, your stepmom is hot, basically. Yep. Um, and that wasn't great. Um, uh, like, Again, I, I would have loved to get her in front of the classroom being like, yo, here's what it means to be like the head of operations at Nerve. Yep. And people being like, whoa. Instead, we got like, wow, cool boobs. Yeah, pretty much. Cool <laughs> um, boobs. <laughs> then uh, it's the classic meme. Wow, cool boobs. <laughs> Wait, what was it? 
Gazungas, bazungas. You know, when I look up on a thesaurus, it just gives you alternatives. Yes. Um, the is this the sequence where we get a little bit more lore about about what Ava's are? Or is that still a little bit later? He's just like this is where he talks about how the entry plug smells like blood, right? He's yes. Like, yeah, he and does. He's yes. comfortable in there. But he's like, but I, but I feel I feel comfortable in there. Yeah, like he, like he's yes. being, like, sort of like sure making is. an illusion to like there's a it's a womb or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then we get. Is there what is then then do we go to Gendo? We go to Gendo on the plane, we get some mm. more world building. Um or maybe it's before With the plane. State. Who's what nationality is that other person so supposed I to be? I don't know what I don't oh, I, the Germany was building okay. another yeah, Ava. So Germany's building like 06, that? and then the person who's talking to is building 08, who's from some other nation. Mm. Um another gotcha. another East Asian nation. Sure. Um uh but so we now know, hey, and, and the USA is not yet building one, but but he's like they will because unemployment is is skyrocketing. They don't like unemployment. And they don't like unemployment. <laughs> so before they before it gets to that point, they'll start kicking in, basically. Um, but you wow, know, I had a totally different read on that. Really? Yeah, I read that backwards. Which was as like no, maybe I, like no. I'm threat, reading it. No, actually, or? now now I realize that my read is based on. Uh, Future knowledge that doesn't make any sense. Never mind. Okay, it actually doesn't let's, work. Well, I'm sorry for the interruption. Let's not worry about it. Um, yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, so we get uh, we know he's going somewhere. Who the fuck knows where? Um, and then uh, we finally get a, this is where we get the kind of bigger lore dump where we go like ah second impact. Not a meteor. It, it turns out it turns out a meteor didn't hit Antarctica and you know instantly, huh? So can we break this down just just a little bit because this is one of the things yes. I I was having a hard time understanding. I went back and replayed this like six times. Yes, and I just don't completely get it. I know that okay. uh, the government is lying to the people about what really happened. Not just like the government, governments. Every government right? is lying. Yeah. to the people about what really happened, yes. but. What the fuck really happened? Is this an alien? Did an alien just like come out, or did an alien crash land? I know there's a. F- I have to be an very alien. careful. I don't think we know, don't think we we know, know that yet. part. Okay. Well, right? so yeah, let me let me tell you what I okay. remember. This from is the best having, way to do this. Yeah. Okay. Let the so newbies. From what I remember about that little sequence, it was that like something was found in the Antarctic. So, like that's not like that part's not a lie. There was an explosion. Right. The explosion is what called the melting of the ice caps, which caused the rising of the water, which caused all the, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the consequences of the second impact. But that's all that we get from that that lore dump. We don't have any more specifics from what I remember about what caused the explosion. So all we know is that okay. something was there. They found it. There was an explosion. Ice caps melt. 50% of people they go bye-bye. the thing. Okay. There's like war, like that stuff is all true. The stuff they, about, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know thing. Sorry. Mean. Like there right. is no. We yes. found the thing. The like thing. we don't know what that. There's, I was making the, a very yes. Because you're right. Thing joke, Presumably yes. there is a thing, but what does that mean? Does that mean multiple angels? Does that mean like no idea? Gotcha. Okay. Kata. I could have no. I could have sworn there they they mention it once. I am what I am straight was. up going to look at this sequence because yeah. I want to make sure. I that seriously went by three are, times and you I was still like, were not clear. Because it's that I just know there was an explosion and it, mm-hmm. it like Patrick said, it caused all these things, but like I thought she was like explaining a little more than that. 
there is stuff that I know y'all don't know yet, and so I'm not. Yeah. Okay. 15 years ago in Antarctica, humanity found a humanoid. I'm just going to read the subtitles. Right. Found a humanoid uh, object, okay. the first of what we call angels, says Ritsuko. Yeah. Mm. But while studying it, there was a huge explosion of unknown cause. And then the wind whipped back in Misato's hair. Right. That is the truth behind the second impact. So what we're doing here, says Shinji, and Ritsuko says, is preventing the onset of a probable third impact. That is why Nerve and the Evangelians exist. And that is, and then and then she turns around, she turns around and looks at Misato and says, "By the way, it looks like they're going ahead with it tomorrow." Which again, it's some ominous shit. Yep. Yeah. Um. But okay. Yes. Just to clarify. Yes. Is there a first impact, or is that not even a thing? There is, but nobody's talking about it. Okay. Nobody said anything problem. about it. Don't I'm worry good. about it. I'm good. Don't uh-huh. worry about it. I know what you're thinking. Maybe we should talk about the first impact. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. No. I bet people have an idea. I bet people are like, oh, yeah, I know what the first impact is. It's blank. I'm not going to confirm or deny. Um, the thing happens that Ritsuko was talking about, and the thing is that a private company are is inventing a different type of mech, a robot, a drone. Uh, uh, either remotely piloted or else a computerized. They kind of go back and forth. Remotely piloted. It has programming for sure. But it does also have programming. on board, yeah. That is automatic. So they kind of go back and forth. Maybe it's both. If, yeah, it feels like it's like they send a command and then it does that until told to stop, That right? makes sense, yeah. yeah. Um, and so after, you know, sh- sh- the morning theme plays and Misato comes out, but she is dressed in all black everything. Mm-hmm. She is like ready to She's go. She's looking good. Great outfit. Fantastic, like, dress uniform. Um and she and Ritsuko go to a private company's, like, they go to, like, a conference. Like, a, it's basically, like, what if a mech company had, like, an Apple-style, like, it, conference? It's the first scene from RoboCop. It is the first it's scene. It is, it is the first scene. It <laughs> is basically that. 100% feeling. though, actually, right? Yeah. Because they, the guy who represents this place in old Tokyo comes up on stage and is like, unlike the Evangelians, this doesn't put anyone in harm's way. This is, uh, it's more reliable, and it doesn't need to be plugged into anything. It has a nuclear reactor on board, which is totally safe <laughs> yeah. to have. <laughs> Definitely good to make a war machine and put and a call them Jaegers. <laughs> yeah, they call yeah. them Jaegers. Yeah, right? Uh, it's actually called a Jet Alone, which is a name to give it. Um, and it's like this big, lanky... Weird thing with like arms that actually it, it has the wavy, the wavy tube arm. arm. Yes, one hundred percent. And he's also really sexist. Is he? Oh, this guy. The guy. Yeah, the guy. I thought you meant the wavy <laughs> <arm>. robot. <laughs> yeah. So I hate women. There's a point. <laughs> there's a point where smile, he, smile, <laughs> smile. Why don't you? <laughs> well, no, it would be S M I L E. It'd be some sort of acronym. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sentient me- mecha. Yeah, anyway, um, the there's a point where he's like, "Does anyone have any questions about my sick thing?" And Ritsuko is like, "Yeah, dog. I'm a scientist, <laughs> and also I have any sort of interest in keeping us safe." And begins to just debate him. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, in front of the conference, and there's a you know, a moment where Misato was like, Oh, you're embarrassing us, she's like, You're making a scene, you're making a scene. And the guy calls her a hysterical woman, yeah, and everybody laughs, everyone in the laughs. Background. Fuck off, that guy, I hate that guy. Oh, that guy fucking well, sucks. The exact thing he did was compare the Ava's going berserk, yes, it's right. to worse. Hysterical yeah. women, yeah, yes. <laughs> you're right, you're right. 
Um, and, and yeah, he he sucks. Uh, they they debate for a while. We get a great sequence then <laughs> afterwards in the like green room, locker basically room. the locker room, where Misato is like kicking the shit out of yeah. the locker, yes. and and now Ritsuko is like, "Stop it! You're making a scene." It's really cute. It's very Lipstick good. And dipstick. I'm they they, you. That's they, who they leave. Are. They they you know they uh, externalize their stress in different ways and at different times. Um, and then. Instantly, this thing goes bad. There's no beat. There's no second episode here. Jet Alone launches and then instantly goes out of control. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh shit, we're walking a nuke towards a city. Whoops. Um, and so Misato has to save the day. Um, you know, tries to get people to like get the, uh, give me the shutdown codes, basically. They try to send the shutdown code. It doesn't work. And so she is and the, like. And the like, all the bosses from this oh, PMC right. are like playing golf and refuse to give permission. Yes. There's like a whole yes. bureaucracy thing. She's like, they're passing the book. And she just takes it into her own hands. She's gonna save the day. Gets into her own little suit. Yeah. And has Shinji in, you know, in his Ava, yeah. walk her up to the malfunctioning thing and just, like, drop her in the cockpit. <laughs> I, I mean, first of all, she's, she in, she's in his hand yeah. Yeah. while they're flying above it. It's so and they, like, just drop out of the plane, land, and then start sprinting. That's It takes guts. So you know good. what I mean? She's so awesome. Yeah. She climbs into that thing. She tries to, like, put it in the code. We don't have to, like, linger here that long. It's a fun sequence and she is great and it's cool to see her oh it looks like she's about to save the day or she's like pushing the thing i mean this is this is where it's like mm, is something else happening right yeah. mm-hmm. the code doesn't work the code fails she's like someone must have reprogrammed it and then she starts pushing on this like reactor rod or whatever to try to shove it back into place and then it's as if she either pushed it just hard enough that it clicked into place or as if it was always going to click back into place at this moment uh, and every all the reactors turn green and everything's fine and it shuts itself down. And meanwhile, the Ava was outside like holding on to it to try to keep steam from coming out of it like a Popeye cartoon or something. <laughs> yeah. um, no, to keep it from walking. Right, well, but, she's holding yeah. it, but then like is just trying to like cover up the spouts of so it doesn't blow up or steam. Yeah. Well, I, because that's radiated radiated steam. That's fair, right? Like you it's know, that's the off gassing of an over, over like yeah. yeah. And I'm sure you're just I'm sure you're able to contain yeah, that gas by just that's how that works. One of the notes I have on this episode, and, and Patrick, I'm curious if this reads right to you, is that this episode reminded me so much of kaiju films when the like, government or a corporation mm-hmm. is like, ah, we have the weapon to, to defeat the beast. It's it's the you know atomic exploder or whatever, and <laughs> like it doesn't work, and in fact like makes the situation worse. And and I just feel like this episode, yeah, it's like that's the whole history of like kaiju like post like original Gojira is is like basically the whole premise is like what if government bureaucracy and Shin Godzilla specifically like Anno's Godzilla film that he himself yeah. goes on to make is a explicit like uh, especially like a uh, relative to the original Gojira like you know uh, commentary on like bureaucracies and and how they they fail I mean this one is played for for laughs but um, yeah it, it absolutely feels like it is um, is I know d- deciding to take a moment to like make a like side episode kaiju flick that does a little bit of world building, but mostly gives you like yeah. a chance to breathe in between what I'm sure like immediately starts going back into uh, really heavy shit. But I appreciated the fact that like it spent some time just exposing bureaucracy because even though that doesn't do the kind of world building that we talk about when we describe like capital L lore, I enjoy see in the same way that like, uh, when uh, they were trying to take out the floating object in the sky and they were flashing to different departments and yeah. it gave you a sense of like, what is the A to B to C? Um, 
I also really enjoy like that minutia world building. That's just like, well, actually, what like what is the A to B to C on other elements yeah, of how right. this works? It doesn't necessarily tell me the 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 origin of the angels, but you know that doesn't always that's not always necessarily what you need in world building and lore to make a, a place feel credible. And I think this episode, other than being humorous and a side story, does a lot to like fill in gaps about the world that like at least gives you a, a framework to understand how the world operates, uh, especially like. Tokyo 3 relative to the rest other of, places right. yeah. that are invested in this project. Well, like, especially because like the notion of only the only this one thing would be being built to stop this thing. Like, no, there'd be military contractors. Up but that's here. also how so many of these stories work, yes. right? Like you watch um, uh, lots of uh, I mean, this is true of 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 the Godzilla series or, or Kaiser, just monster things in general. Um, whether they're like originally in Japan or they get westernized, like it's always centralized and oh, you know, often only the United States government is the only one who would do anything about this or or if it's set in Japan, it's only the Japanese government. Like part of what is nice about this is at least a tacit acknowledgement, even if it's ultimately going to be focused back again on Tokyo 3, I imagine, that like, oh, like, you know, Germany probably gives a shit about <laughs> these giant walking creatures, um, even if they're participating in a vast conspiracy to defraud the wider public about <laughs> how fucked they are. But I, you know what? If you're fucked, just don't tell me, actually. Like, maybe I'll just go out and keep going to the movie theater and making out. Like, I don't know if I need to know <laughs> yeah. how that existential crisis is. You know you're right. I'll just keep making... Hey, you know, whatever those things were floating over... Uh, was it was it Kansas City? Wherever that... There were those two un- unidentified objects recently. I know there were balloons. <laughs> Wink. Or were they angels? What day did it come back, Kato? Oh, fuck. Friday. The day Shit. that this show came back on fuck. Netflix. They're <laughs> here. It's time. Third impact is coming. Oh, no! Um, uh, I, I will note... Also, I'm not surprised that... Uh, I don't think it's a uh, 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 a coincidence that the there's a nuclear reactor in oh, yeah. the lumbering uh, mm-hmm. tank kaiju. Given that the whole you know you know allegory for Godzilla is that he's a, a walking nuke, so I think that seems like a very sort of explicit read of kind of dumping in a Godzilla type character into. You should really. Uh, you scene. still haven't seen Shin Godzilla, right? Well, we went on vacation, and then so I went. I need to sit down. My, I, you know, my right. wife has wanted to watch that too. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's on the list real soon. These, Kato these is past two brings it up once once a day. We hear Shin Godzilla. Did you see yeah. it? Godzilla? It's just this, these, especially these as, last as Kato two. Kato sips his coffee awkwardly in the break room. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone see <laughs> Shin Godzilla? Oh my God, Kato in a big construction helmet <laughs> underneath <laughs> an angel. That'd be really Six and seven, you can see like the direct lineage, lineage to Shin God. Like that's yeah. what that movie is. Okay. Is those two episodes, like that exact, but like you know, in the Godzilla, Godzilla, no giant thing. robots. Unfortunately, I'm not gonna say anything because spoilers. But oh damn, I gotta watch this movie. <laughs> damn, um, real quick, the hey, Kado, oh. Kado, that's not how you don't do a spoiler. What I didn't. <laughs> A spoiler. I didn't say shit. Kato didn't say shit. Jet Alone <laughs> uh, is maybe named after Jet oh Jaguar, which is a a um, is a giant robot from a past Godzilla movie. Uh, Godzilla versus Correct. some other bullshit. I don't know. Megaton, Mega Megalon, Megadon. I don't know. One of them. The real <laughs> Megaton the was. <laughs> Well, Shin Godzilla, the uh, realist Megalon. <laughs> Megalon is the is the one it is. Um, anyway, Misato seems to save the day, but in the end, we get the revelation that uh, everything went as planned. As Gendo speaks to Ritsuko, and I think some other shadowy figure 
I, I want to say. Yeah, is there? Is the figure there or just someone on the, on the phone? phone? I don't. Yeah. I don't. FaceTiming. Yeah, there's some sort of FaceTiming, I think. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, th- besides Misato's interference, right. right? Like Misato was not supposed to be the one to go in there and save the day, but everything else went as planned. Um, so, Which I, even I have wonders about. How so? You can't say yet. No, 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 I can't. I'm just trying to... So, like, is was it supposed to turn off? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Avery was supposed to save the day. They are, they are, they okay. are derailing... This is a demonstration. No, yeah. that, but the... They hacked that fucking thing. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. Yes. But I... I feel like... Mm-hmm. And maybe this is drawing a little bit more on... Um, uh, future Future knowledge, yeah. but... Uh, it feels like Gendo and Ritsuko and whoever else would go so far as to hack the thing and just let it run and blow up. I think because... if that was the case, they wouldn't be like everything went as planned. But right. maybe. But maybe. Right. That's what I was wondering. Is like, was that like, yeah, it was good, close enough, and like they're just gonna say it was fine because it right. did, it still did the same. It thing. still did the thing. But yeah. like because um, hmm. Misato wow. is the one who calls in the Ava. That's a good point. Yes. Totally. So. Totally true. Wow. Also, there's a really great cut in this that doesn't make sense the first time you you, you like watch it uh, between the locker room scene and Jet Alone launching. What is the cut? I don't it remember. Is, it like goes from like them talking about uh, like talking about their, the situation, what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Uh, it's a shot of Ritsuko's face, and it cuts to three quick computer screens and then the word deleted and then it goes straight into it flashes out straight that's like half a second yeah and then it's jet alone um and it's yeah it's one it's like it's the thing yeah it it, it's just like a very good like blink and you miss it but then when you Mm -hmm. go back you're like oh okay that's what's going on there she was literally doing the hacking in the in the fucking locking locker room that's (laughs) funny and then we get the final bit which is it's morning again Morning music plays, and she's back to wearing pajamas and <laughs> embarrassing Shinji. And he's like to his friends, like, you don't get it. She's embarrassing all the time. I wish she wouldn't be such a fucking slob. And they're like, no, you're lucky. And he's like, why? Because you're horny teenagers? And they're like, no, because that's the real her. That's family. That's family. And he's like, word. Yeah. <laughs> is yeah. Oh, oh, fa- I have a oh, family. I have a family now. <laughs> um, uh, that said, like, right before that, Shinji says, like, hey, could you dress a little more appropriately yeah, he does in the morning? That. <laughs> He's such a little so he asshole. does. He does like a he does a hard turn there oh, from yeah. like a, a man who has no opinions on anything to like, well, this is how women should dress. Yeah. To damn, that's wow. my home. <laughs> <laughs> damn. Good. God damn it. Which is just, you know, heteronormativity. Uh huh. Honestly, yep. that's the yep. arc. Yep. There it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> I can't tell if that's like like tonal inconsistencies or tonal failures of the show, or uh, you know, as we like we were talking about in the the scene at the the end of six, where or uh, it just feels like it's unearned like character development that like needed more time yeah. to get there. I don't. I can't tell, but like that was like a really strange like set of whiplash for the the character that didn't <laughs> mm-hmm. totally add up. Yeah. Um so next time on Waypoints, what are we watching? Kato, you have a list. I Neon had a Genesis list. Evangelion, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Uh huh. Yeah. Well, that's uh, probably right. that. More of that, uh, right? Uh, An- Annabelle, Annabelle comes home. Comes out this weekend. I think the so, next. Uh, we're gonna be rewatching was... the three Annabelle films. Yep. Great. Great. Someone took a picture of three. <laughs> there's three toy yeah, based three, movies. Yeah, there's three to- uh, <laughs> evil three toy based movies out at the same time. Child's Chucky, Play, Toy right. Story Four, and Annabelle. Comes <laughs> home. Your suggestion. Yeah. Was eight to thirteen. Mm-hmm. That right. is six episodes. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Does it? Yeah, thirteen. I'm gonna see where thirteen is. Thirteen's half a recap, so it's oh, a, I'm pretty sure that's the one that's half a recap. Uh, like it's not the the, the it's, it's like, not all recap. It's not a and clip it's like show. and it's also recontextualized in an interesting way because they're they're actually like debriefing on those events. I mm. think if I'm remembering correctly, but I hope you're right. So are we? Are we? No, fourteen is the clip show. Oh, 14 is? Yeah. Oh, did I stop before the clip? I guess that makes sense. That would yeah. be the natural break, is that's why they did that. Yes. Yeah. So do you want do we want to say eight to thirteen? There's some good stuff in this next set. Yeah. Um, is what I'll say. That seems did good. y'all watch the next time on? No, because you probably hit next instead of watching the non Okay. Do they Yeah, they don't do that on yeah, they, Netflix. Yes, they do. They absolutely they just, do. You just have to click through after the credits. Back after the credits. To the credits. You yeah. have to watch through the credits oh. before it's Why skips. would I want to do that? I don't want to see next on. Next on is bullshit. Well, I was curious. The, mo- the next episode's right well, there. Well, I actually think so here's the thing that's interesting is I think the show does some stuff with next ons that you would be surprised that it does, which is like well, Shinji survives this attack, but he's traumatized, and that's the actual focus of the next episode of Evangelion. Tune in. There'll be some fan service. Yeah. <laughs> There will it's, be a butt. There will be a butt. Yeah, but there will be bazoongas. Yeah, bazoongas it's all mis, it's all Masato, and she always says like, "Also, the fan service." Get ready. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm so, good. Yeah. I don't need to. Can see I get that. okay? Coming through <laughs> these first seven episodes, I'd love to get a prediction from everyone here who has not seen this show before mm-hmm. or read the wikis. Mm. Rob, yep. For how it ends? No, just what's what's coming? What's in our? What's in the next batch? Or what, what do we got? How are things going to get shaken up? For our acquaintance Shinji. Our acquaintance. <laughs> Young Shinji. Young Shinji. Shinji Akari. What's going on with Shinji? What's what's up next for Shinji? What do we think we get out of these next seven episodes, eight episodes? Ah, uh, Gendo. I, we've got, we have so little with him. Okay. Uh, I believe the, the, the next arc is the, the peeling back the onion of what's happening here is about probably misdirection over his motivations. Mm. It's 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 a head fake that recontextualizes some of what we've seen, but is how many episodes are in this? Twenty something? Twenty six, right? Twenty right? six. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's too early for endgame, but enough that like You'll note. You don't have enough you don't have enough to be suspicious about. Everything comes across as relatively straightforward. I mean yes, you can see things that appear potentially ominous, but they're always asides or it's one mm-hmm. line and it's not like quite put in front of you. So I think that I, I think Gendo is the focus of the next arc, and what is happening there, the relationship with Shinji, I think will like make us look back on these first seven episodes pretty differently. Danielle, any thoughts? Someone will be gay, maybe, or there will be queer baiting. <laughs> A lot of queer baiting, most likely queer baiting. Not actually somebody's gay, but queer baiting. Shinji is gonna find out that he's part alien, mm. that he's part angel. 
that his father did experiments or some shit. I love this prediction. I love yeah. this is this is the sort of shit I'm here for. <laughs> I want this sort of shit. I don't know why. It's something with the DNA bullshit. It's yeah. something with the synchronization. Okay. I don't I don't know. I, right. no, so I got you. to be clear, I, yeah, I've I, only seen these uh, episodes. I've seen gifts throughout my life I get that you. are completely They're, uncontextualized. I don't think Shinji is his son. I think oh, these shit. children they're finding in the world is some fucked up experiment and they have to track them down because something went wrong. Mm. The explosion scattered all these fucking kids to the wind. Ooh. Oh, sort oh, of like shit. the um, Primarchs of the God Emperor in 40K. Of course, just like that. What it, what, or someone like runs off with the balls. fucking <laughs> test tube kids and boom. That's what it is. So that was the explosion. Rob, do you have any predictions? Rob knows, right? I can't tell how much Rob knows. <laughs> Rob, honestly, stuff I mean, it you just don't know. Pull from the heart. I, I, I don't know anything. I tell it to the judge. <laughs> I do not fucking believe. I don't, I don't know, know why. why. <laughs> I cannot believe judge. Rob yeah. in this moment. Rob, Rob Zaki to the judge. Uh, browser histories can be manipulated. <laughs> seen the security lapses on. Um, Please what could one accomplish in six and a half minutes? That's not enough time. It's not enough time. There's no way. <laughs> Thank you. I think they've oh, she does have a done a fair bit. I do have a prediction. Okay. They've done a. They spent this last episode uh, introducing the idea that. So we, we've kind of diffused the idea that there's going to be a rival program to uh, the Evangelion program. But the next step for me would seem to be that. Uh, We've learned that there's sort of an international uh, Ava effort that is happening, and I think we are due to broaden the. It can't just be two kids fighting the aliens. There's got to be more kids uh, for fighting aliens, and also there's got to be like, what if there were an evil Evangelion program? Which, oh, shit. ironically, because I think they're all evil, but uh, <laughs> right. like, what if there were like a more openly. Uh, mm-hmm. Evil one that like ah they're you know sort of like in Twister where there's like the corporate storm chasers is the bad storm chasers right. but like we're kind of right. scrappy and lovable. That's where I knew we this do it the right way. Going yeah, I think that's where we're running. It's like <laughs> Love we're that like we yeah like uh, Masato is basically uh, Bill Paxton and mm-hmm. uh, what we're going to learn is that there is I forget what the other storm chaser was. Anyway, there's gonna be a bad corporate dude. Who was it? Like a Mitt Romney Evangelion. <laughs> you never <laughs> seen Twister? I mean, no. They throw a bunch of balls into uh, they a probably, The effects probably don't hold up now, but damn, that was a great-ass yeah. movie at the it's time. It's like a kaiju movie, but about weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it really uh, is. I wanna clo- I wa- the only thing... Yeah, I want to I wanna close on this tweet I got from uh, 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 David Dark Primus on Twitter. He told me, Would you like me to come up with some Eva-themed mixed drinks so you can feel like you're at the movies? <laughs> and I said yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh. And he got me got me one. He's going to work on some others. Um, the LCL yeah. Yeah. Um, Good. is 1.5 ounces of vodka, fill equal parts lemonade and iced tea. That'll give you the right color. Like an Arnold Palmer. That's the right color for the serve it in a cop. Uh, serve it in a copper mug. Oh, oh that sounds good. Yeah, nice blood. Yeah. Oh, that'll, blood right. that'll give you a blood taste of the LCL. Yeah, totally. That's perfect. And he said, yep. next week you can make yourself a Longingus iced tea. It's a spoiler. Yeah, that is a spoiler. Light spoiler, but it's okay. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Isn't that one of the okay. bad guys in Bloodborne? Further makes me think <laughs> there's like a religious element. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, a little there bit. Might be Christian yeah. imagery yeah. or reference. E- e- even this. though I haven't watched Ava, it's almost like the entire discourse around this entire like series has been something about a Christian allegory. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. We'll get there. We'll get there. Is there we a pope? There. Is there like an Eva Pope? Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a spoiler. Let's stop. Yeah. Turn this podcast <laughs> off. Turn this podcast off. Thank you. Like we're, beginning to, we're beginning to leak. Yeah. Oh, please, no. Yeah, please, Ava, cover my, my leaking body. Uh, I will be back. We will all be back. And follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Danielle, how about you? At Danielle or I. Cotto. At A underscore Cotto underscore appears. Patrick. At Patrick Cotto. Rob. <laughs> at Rob Zachney. Thank you, as always, to Two Mellow for letting us use some music. I don't remember what song goes on waypoints because I don't. I never host waypoints, so slide asleep. Is it slide asleep? I think it's the album Trunk Fiction. Thank you, Danielle. On it. Very welcome. Hell yeah. Uh, As always, you can send in questions to gamingatvice.com. Save those for now. I think the end will do. We'll do a Q and A. Yeah. We'll do a bucket. A debrief. We will do a debrief. We got a lot to go still, so we hope that you'll stick with us. Uh, thank you for joining us on this journey. Danielle. Be good. And say, Evangelion. Say the, say the, other, say the one be, they won't let us say. Be good and rewatch it. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, motherfuckers. Peace. <laughs>